2: Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I am Rich Grach, alongside, as always, the king of banter and the leader of the hardcore wrestling intelligentsia, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's going on?
0: I'm tired of king of banter.
2: Okay. I need to play out. Okay. What, what do you want now? What do you want me to replace with?
0: I'm too exhausted to banter with anyone anywhere.
2: <laughs> Your banter days have definitely... Uh, and we had somebody in our... Uh, we, do, we did a website survey. By the way, I, I didn't share these with you um, but we so we did a website survey to try to see cuz we're, we're looking at maybe redesigning the site a little bit figuring out what people use on the site and stuff and and one person said uh, joe i love everything you're doing but just make sure you don't get burnt out like uh, let me read the exact one it's very it's, it's very thoughtful this person's uh... a lot of concern huh yeah let me let me read this it I'm was pretty... definitely like i don't know if it's like a personal thing that they're sort of a, a, an affront to your 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 patron uh, uh what you've been doing with pay. I, I don't know what it, let me let me get the exact um... Thing here, but it is it definitely this person feels that you're exhausted, Joe, and, and wants you to to be healthy and get sleep.
0: Well, as as you're looking that up, I didn't say I'm too exhausted to banter because I'm like legit exhausted from the stuff I'm doing on the site. I'm just too exhausted to banter with people, period, uh, anymore concerning these wrestling topics. So uh, that's kind of what I meant by that. But I, I want to hear this concern that this okay. person has.
2: I don't know who this person was because it's hard to match up with the email. And I don't want to. I, I like not knowing who no, this I would rather was. have
0: it be anonymous. Yeah.
2: So I said, anything else you'd like to tell us as we enter our website redesigns? So that was the last question. Open-ended. Just kind of wanted to see what people came up with. Uh, he, this person, I don't know if he, she, whoever it is, says, Rich, big thank you for everything you do on the site. You really do a tremendous job. So that's very nice. That's That's like. You know, greeting card worthy. Now you're slow. Yeah. yeah, you're slow. <laughs> now, so get ready, Joe. The G1 audio shows are fantastic, but I do warn you: slowing down in the audio may be a good idea. You've managed so far to make every second count, but if you keep doing multiple shows a week, it's really easy to become a Brian Alvarez type. Ooh, a Chico sideswipe there. Who sticks to the run sheet and gets into quote audio mode. Where his thoughts basically stop until the show is over and the box is checked. Your passion and unpredictabl- unpredictability are part of what makes you the most compelling voice in wrestling media. So I hope you find a way to keep hold of things while creating, while still creating all the content that you want to. Wow, A lots unpacked there. That is that is heartfelt. Whoever that was, I don't, uh, I don't want to know. But that was so they don't Play want bus. you to become a Brian Alvarez type. They don't want you checking yeah. a box and getting into quote audio mode, Joe. So are you uh, getting an audio mode right now?
0: No, I feel. Okay. Listen, I, I I feel like the the G one stuff. It's been easier than I thought it would be. In fact, I I think doing the G one audio shows have kept me on track with the G one. I have not felt any of the quote unquote G one burnout. I feel like this has been the easiest G one to watch in many years, and maybe it's because the audio forces me to stay on schedule. Um, I think that you know the I did fall behind on two TV reviews that we moved to the flagship last week, and what was it, two weeks before that, or something? I the think Monday so, yes, reviews got now. moved to the flagship, so I did fall behind on two. I just I ran out of hours in the day because they there were G one shows that day as well. But um, and my you know my voice was feeling it a little bit, but um, I see what they're saying. But here's the thing: I think because all of this audio I'm doing is solo, it's hard to kind of put a stamp on it and mail it in because I can't rely on someone else. You know, if I had someone else doing the TV reviews with me, yeah, maybe I would quote unquote Alvarez it like this guy is saying, you know, sometimes when Brian, he just, he'll famously hand it off. He'll say, Dave, take us through the show. And then Brian could be off eating dinner for all we know. Cause then Dave just talks for the next 45 minutes. So I can't do that. So I don't think I'm in danger of falling into that. Uh, so so uh, I do appreciate those, those are uh very thoughtful words by this person. Geez, they really put a lot of thought into that.
2: Yeah, that was we've actually got a lot of good feedback on this thing. That's actually been a uh, uh I'm glad that we did this website survey. By the way, if you want to take it, if you go to voicewrestling.com, I uh, should be able to find it on there. Just look up website survey on the search or whatnot. But uh, yeah, some good stuff, good feedback about uh, hey, you know,
0: I'll tell you what, you know what's killing me with the G1 shows more than anything? It's not the schedule, it's not getting the work done. It's New Japan is killing me because the shows are so repetitive, Rich, I'm running out of shit to say about. Yeah, them.
2: I don't know how you would say. Like I, I would even I am even thinking of the mindset of like somebody that had to review every single show and I'm glad, thank God, we we at Voice of Wrestling do a, a pretty good job of making sure that different people review different shows cuz there were times, you know, back in the day where it'd be you and I would just like take all the G1 reviews or you would say, "Hey, I'm doing all the G1 written reviews or whatever." And yeah. you know, in prior years it'd have been fine, but I'm imagining this year if we had one person that was like, "Hey, you know what? I'll take all these," or even if it was two people splitting it up between them like it would be if you did all, Hey, I'll do all the B block and you do all the A block. Like, that, I don't know what you would say, you know, after, you know, night 13 or whatever of, of, of the same Tamatonga bad luck fight. Like a lot of people are just kind of, and for better, or for worse, you know, this, uh, this year in the G1 are kind of staying in their own lanes and doing their own particular things. And it's, in some ways, I get it. We talked about it last week of why it occurs, but man, it's 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 got to be tough to get on there and, and have to do an hour of audio when really there's like two matches that are different, unique, or, or, or worth talking about, and the rest is just kind of the same old stuff every single time.
0: Yeah, and I guess while we're on this mini topic before we uh, start off the show proper, there will be two more subscriber G1 shows. That'll be the first two nights of Budokan Hall the A block final, the B block final. That's going to be it. We're not going to do the final night of the G1 as a subscriber review. We're going to save that one for the next week's flagship so that Rich can get in the mix too. Um, and, and I don't think I, you know, I don't want to do it twice. And it's just, it. that's a huge show and we don't want to put that behind a paywall. So, we'll do that show next week on this show. So there's two more G one shows coming. It'll be the block finals and then the G one final. We'll do that here.
2: Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah. So just kind of get an idea for, for, uh, as you said, yeah, the, the block finals, those will be Patreon shows, a combined Patreon show, and then yeah, the, the actual G one final, you'll wait until uh, whenever we record, whether whether it be Wednesday or Thursday, we'll do the bigger uh preview there because it, it, that show deserves a lot. I mean that that the person who wins it, I mean that is usually a big deal for us on the show. It's, it it tends to be some of our most listened to episodes ever, I believe. Um your kenny omega one two years ago is still i think our, our one of our top uh shows that we've ever done and, and and really good one as well i remember that's when we pr- brought back old audio where you know you predicted yeah. that this guy was going to be a star and stuff so th- it's like a big moment you know whoever does win that is a big moment it's, it's it takes a lot to unpack so yeah we'll definitely uh make that a bigger part of the show and and yeah it's not fair to put that behind the paywall either that's that's good stuff that a lot of people um really enjoy listening to so it might be a few days after the g1 final but uh we promise it'll be worth it but um Real quickly, before we get into modern wrestling and everything we're going to talk about right now, I, I did want to ask you this question because this came up on uh, the Q&A I did at patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling this week. I did a solo Q&A. Uh, this question came up. I answered it, but I wanted to make sure that you had a chance to answer this as well because I think it's very interesting. So uh, I'll give you the question. It's from Mr. Josh Dude on our forums. It's voicewrestling.com uh, slash forums as well for that. Uh, he says here, I'm totally serious. This is a debate I've been having recently with my brother and would like you to weigh in. So, Joe, are you ready to weigh in on this debate? settle the score between mr josh Jude and mr oh. josh Jude's brother
0: you know i just ceased being the king of banter and you're forcing me to be the king of banter again sure rich i will engage well, in this. this could go either way this
2: could go this and this is going to be interesting because i've asked a few other people outside of the voice of wrestling sphere this question and they all give me their answer right away and it it, it doesn't take that much banter but i'm that's why i'm curious what all you're going right, to sort of say it. about this so it could be over in five seconds it could take an hour, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, it doesn't take an hour. But
0: well, I listened to like forty five minutes of your Q and A, and I don't think I
2: remember this question. This was at the last. This was the exact in. last question. I saved it the best. Right. I saved the best for last, of course. So he says, in a fight to the death scenario, do you think you have a better chance against a rhino or a giraffe? Now, let me clarify here. He he gives some uh some. Some of his thoughts on this. He says, My brother thinks giraffe, but I think they're too big and too fast. You couldn't do shit to it if they're too tall. I reckon you have a better chance against a rhino. You could at least get it on its back if you were lucky and then go from there. Obviously, you'd probably just die against either. But if the situation rose where you were forced to do battle with one of them, which do you think you have a better chance of taking down, Joe? A, dry, a giraffe or a rhino? Which one are you battling to the death?
0: <sighs> you know, giraffes are fucking huge. I I just went to the zoo a couple of weeks ago, and uh, y- you don't realize how big giraffes are.
2: There, are, are you a big zoo guy? Do you like the zoo or, or did, you the zoo, or did I love the kids around? Okay, so you are a pro zoo. You're a Kevin Owens pro zoo type person.
0: The zoo is tremendous. I okay. love the zoo. I love museums, um, but the zoo is fantastic. The problem, yeah, you know, I took the kids, but the problem with that is you can't, because I'll go to a zoo, you know. I'll be waiting at the gate before it opens and I'll stay till it closes. I, I, cause I can just sit and I like to watch the animal in the habitat, you know, just, just sit and watch the animals I'm interested in. The kids, you kind of have to rush through. They get impatient. They, they get hungry. You got to like feed them and shit. So, you know, you, you got like, to
2: kids do like eating sometimes. Yeah. That is, that well, you is killing them
0: noise. die. So you got to feed them and, you know, they're not going to sit there and, you know, look through the glass at a hibernating bear the way that I'm going to do. You know, they, they want to move on. Yeah, they're like, oh, i right, not going to study speech. the
2: chinchilla for 25 minutes like you want to. So, <laughs>
0: no, they're not going to get to the aquarium part and just watch the fish. They, they're bored with the fish in 20 seconds. You know, I want to watch the fish swim around. I, I, I can spend all day in a zoo or an aquarium. The kids, you, you know, yeah, you got to rush them through. You got to take them home and give them a fucking bath. All this shit you got to do with humans, you know? But, you, you don't realize how big a giraffe is until you're standing real close to one. They are fucking huge, but here's the thing. I I feel like the giraffe is docile. I'm sure if you piss it off, it, it's going to protect itself. But I feel like if I attack, if I, if I focus on one of the four legs of a giraffe that maybe I can break one of its legs. And I think if I can do that, I'm going to win because if I can get the giraffe down, it's over because then his, you know, his dumb long neck at that point, I can like the, his long neck becomes a weakness because then I can go after the neck at a spot where he can't whip his head around to get at me, you know, cause the neck is so long. So I think my strategy would be number one, I would pick the giraffe to fight. I'd go after one of those legs with some straight kicks, you know, maybe try to break that you know backwards stupid knee that they have or whatever i'd go after the leg to get the giraffe on the ground and then i'd attack the neck do i get a weapon or something or am i barehanded
2: um he did not specify so he just says, fight in the death scenario so i i assume like this is your you know life and death joe you can grab whatever you want if there's a rock if there's a tree okay. if there's a branch so go, that's what whatever i was just going to say
0: do. That All right, so you don't – bringing a weapon like in a is gun. unfair. I
2: don't think you're getting a gun. Like I don't think there's right, a right, gun sitting
0: guns, You way. don't have a knife. So here's what I do. I go after the leg with some kicks. I try to keep my distance, okay, get them down, and then I grab a rock or something sharp from the fucking grounds or the habitat, and I go after the neck. And I, I, I think I'd have a better chance against the giraffe than I would against the rhino because not only is the rhino fucking ferocious and intimidating, it's got that fucking horn and everything. But the rhino looks like its, its skin is rough and tough to penetrate. So how do I even attack the rhino? I suppose I try to get behind it, but that's a big, heavy animal with a low center of gravity. I don't think I can get the rhino down. I don't think I could attack the rhino's stubby little dumb legs. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I think I would uh, I take my chances with the giraffe in that scenario.
2: Okay, I had a very similar uh, thought that you did, and everybody that I've talked to has has, has went giraffe as well. So Mr. Josh Shude might be on an island... Uh, all to his own uh, in terms of going after the rhino, and I had the exact same strategy as you did. I said I'm going after one of the legs. I'm doing the uh, you know little wrestler, big wrestler thing, where I'm just chopping the leg down. If I get one, if I get him down to one leg, and then you know I can maybe work on the other leg. I got him then. You know it, it, that's that's the point of weakness right there is those legs. They're they're up there, and yeah, he can run a lot, and he can run very fast, and he's probably very strong or whatnot. But you know if I can toss a rock or I can like you said kick him in the knee or something like that. It's this is very cruel that we're saying this, but you know I have to answer this question. It's life or death here. But um, so that that was my strategy there his idea that you can get the rhino on its back like i don't think you're getting a rhino i don't, on I its don't back. see it like, like don't go knock yourself out but the rhino's stronger i believe it's faster it's more aggressive uh, aggressive and oh by the way it's got a giant fucking horn that's just going to impale you in like two seconds so yeah you can like get it on its back but i don't like i think i have a better chance hitting <sighs> a giraffe in the leg and then like you said punching it in the neck or doing something like that I, they, they have they obviously the drafts are huge and there's giant stuff but the fact that they are big Probably does come to the benefit of us is that we can maybe then work on them a little bit more. Whereas the rhino is just like a brick shithouse. house. That thing is just like a fucking what, what? What's the weak part of a rhino? You you know like what what part of the rhino that's are you like I mean. ah? If I get what, that, what like
0: part of the body are you going to penetrate? Say, yeah,
2: you might get its like back leg and then it turns around and impales you with its spike So it's like yeah, that's or the horn. You know that's not going to work very well. So and they're uh, probably
0: faster than you think too. They say right, hippos they are, are very they are.
2: fast. Yeah, the rhinos are very fast <laughs> and 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 hippos. A rhino
0: a fucking dinosaur essentially. They're <laughs> right, basically. Yeah a descendant of a dinosaur and you, you rather fight the dinosaur. I don't understand the logic there. I'm not fighting a fucking dinosaur. How about with the giraffe? All you got to do is offer him like a graham cracker or something and then punch him in the jaw. Right. Right, Yeah.
2: Like, a okay, uh, just a good leaf like i've 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 uh i've had yeah, nice a draft before yeah i've a draft before at our zoo they had like a a thing for my work we had like a work party at the zoo and they had a thing where you could go up and you know give it a, a leaf or whatever and it's you know it's very nice yeah here take this leaf and it ate it and you know it's got a funny looking tongue and you're like oh okay that's Does pretty good like, that, that so, thing. like they don't yeah. have they don't have go feed the rhinos like that's not a thing where a bunch no. of idiots from the local business come and feed a rhino like a leaf no they don't do that the rhino is is buying a lot of like there's a there's a drop off between the rhino stuff they got barbed wire there's like you know guarded armed guards and shit like they they know they know the difference go to go to any zoo the giraffe is kind of just there you know you could you can you go near really to, want that's to, you can that's right a fence if you really wanted to like not a good idea but you probably could the rhino's like no one's getting into the fucking rhino and nobody no. like that thing's barbed wire there's electric fence there's a, a cliff there's water there's yeah they they are very much rhino proofing the zoo they don't rhino proof the or, or giraffe proof the zoo at all
0: you you That's that's a big thing that we're underrating here. You can get near the giraffe because they trust humans. So you can you can betray the giraffe's trust and really (laughs) fucking stick it to them if you have to. You know, like you said, just offer them a leaf or a fucking cookie or something. And then when he leans in, you know, with his head, just fucking give him a stiff elbow to the jaw, or just jump on his neck and try to strangle him and take him down. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Oh
2: no, no. I mean, this is two very difficult situations here. Like he said, you would probably yeah. die against either of them, which is probably. I don't know if I'm dying against the giraffe. I'm probably going to get hurt against the giraffe. I'm dying against the rhino though, for sure. I'm not. I, being yeah,
0: threatened. I think if. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd be yeah. To me, this one's pretty easy. I'm I'm fighting a giraffe.
2: Okay. That's, that's basically where everybody, uh, the, the nurse had an interesting theory too, where you can go underneath the draft and then punch him in the stomach was her idea. Like, you know, cause he's got like, they, they kind of have that big stomach and the big legs or whatever. Her idea was that you could get underneath it and then kind of work it from there. That, which is interesting. I, I was going to attack the legs. Works, yeah. You were going to attack the legs. We're wrestling fans. You know, we're thinking of, you know, working <laughs> the body. <laughs> right, we're working the body part and working our way up to get to the head and maybe, you know, choke it out or whatever. She's just going right for the, uh, right for the gut. So I don't know. That's, um.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to chop him down by the legs like Jimmy Havoc against Brody King on MLW this week, where he went after the legs, you know, because he was facing the bigger man. That that's my strategy. I'm going right after those legs. You get under that soft underbelly, might be a good idea, maybe if again, if you could find a sharp rock or a stick or something like that. You know, I don't know. Like how much time do I have? Can I find a good stick and then hide in a corner and fashion it into a spear? You know, because then then you're in business, I think. But is the giraffe gonna, Is the idea that the giraffe is angry off the bat because then he's just going to come at you?
2: Yeah, not so best. You yeah, you're just in a fight to the death. So I assume when you say fight to the death, the giraffe is pissed off in the situation yeah. so that, like, because you wouldn't be in a fight to the death of the giraffe just like hanging out and eating leaves and stuff. So
0: maybe he can't just- betray his trust because he already hates you.
2: It's not gonna be easy. That's that's all we can know. It's not gonna be easy. But I, I vote draft as well. I'm mean, I'm curious what other people think. Uh make sure to let us know on Twitter at Voices Wrestling. Who would you would pick in here between the Rhino uh and the Giraffe? Or we can respond to uh Mr. Josh Judes' question uh, at the voice wrestling forums, Voice wrestling dot com slash forums. All right, Joe, let's get to uh wrestling here. Oh, that was that was kind of wrestling talk. The the how we would destroy the draft or what we do. But uh, let's get to actual wrestling stuff here. We got a lot to talk about. Of course, we'll talk about G One the weekend preview. A lot of big shows, obviously coming up. The biggest G One shows coming up this weekend. Scenarios, who's still left, and how they can win. Uh, we got the Evolve. Uh, they had shows last weekend. They have shows this weekend. I'm going to be attending one of the Evolve shows uh, this weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, we'll lead off here with uh, a real interesting story that's kind of popped up in in, in recent days. Here, kind of a two parter here. Uh, we're going to talk about All In. And we're going to talk about the New Japan Ring of Honor shows in Madison Square Garden. Uh, let's start with All In, though. Um, they announced a few days ago, which I thought was really big news. That wasn't—I don't know if it was being reported quite as much as it probably should. And 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 I get why. I get there might be some trepidation, but I think this might be a very big story here. Uh, but I'll kind of read uh, a little bit of what came out. So All In—they announced. Uh, we're going to talk about their card here in a little bit as more matches are getting announced. But I think the big story of the last week with All In is that they announced that uh, All In Zero Hour, which is their pre-show is going to air on wgn america so that's i'll read kind of from the press release here which i I think has some interesting stuff in this press release as well i'm curious what you think about this uh it says all in zero hour is the pre-show for a first of its kind event that is the brainchild of cody rhodes and the young bucks partnering with the home promotion ring of honor as well as tokyo-based new japan pro wrestling and smashing pumpkins frontman billy corgan's revitalized national wrestling alliance the all-in zero hour event will feature frankie kazarian and scorpio sky versus the briscoe brothers and the likes of dalton castle moose best friends trent and chucky t and many more uh wgn america is the flagship entertainment destination of tribune media company and is a nationally distributed uh, distributed uh television network available in more than 77 homes via cable satellite and more so um first your overall thoughts about this All In Zero Hour and the impact of it being on WGN America. We'll talk a little bit about... I think we have touched on WGN America before, but maybe we'll get into it here a little bit for people that don't exactly know what it is. Chances are you have the channel, but you have no fucking clue you have the channel. That's basically the long and short of WGN America. But uh, first, let's react to the All In Zero Hour. What's your What are your thoughts on them announcing this pre-show airing on a, 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 a network that's going to be sh- you know, available in 77 million homes?
0: Yeah, I think you know that's obviously a great commercial for the pay-per-view uh that they have coming up, you know, later that night. The most annoying aspect of it is people sort of connecting dots and basically assuming that this is some sort of um you know, co-opted ROH show because Sinclair obviously has been in negotiations to uh, either merge or purchase. What is it? The parent company of. Um,
2: yeah. Tribune. They're, they're looking Tribune, to buy yeah. Tribune and, and, and yeah. And then acquire WGN and WGN America and, and all the Tribune assets. Yeah.
0: Which, you know, meaning maybe that would have been the connection, but I don't see a connection there. How is that a connection? That's a very loose connection at best. There is no merger. There is no purchase. So why would Tribune, you know, even if Sinclair wanted to somehow get this on the air, Why would Tribune just do as they say and and put on this dopey wrestling show for an hour on some random Saturday in September? I'm not understanding that. Now, the the other dots people are connecting is there's a lot of ROH talent on the show, which um, you know, okay, but you know, Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes are ROH wrestlers, and ROH gave them their blessing to do this to begin with, and. Um, you know, I, I'm not shocked or stunned or surprised or let down that there's ROH wrestlers on the show. I kind of just figured there would be. Um, so I really don't understand that critique. I, I, maybe it's just coming from people who were going to shit on this concept and shit on this show no matter what. Um, it, it's, just, it's just baffling to me. I, I, I don't think – look, Cody told you himself. Young Bucks have said it repeatedly they swear that it's their money at stake. I don't have any reason not to believe them. Um, do you have any reason not to believe them that it's their money on the line here? Um, you know, regardless of the fact that they may be using borrowing ROH's production equipment or or things of that nature, um, I don't have any reason to 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 not believe that they're putting their own money at stake. Where do you stand on that?
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and they've been telling us multiple times of that. And you can look at, at, at the writing on the wall as well in terms of how Ring of Honor is sort of, quote, promoting the show, how New Japan's promoting the show. Uh, and even the NWA, everybody else is kind of it, not not all in, I guess to say, for lack of a better term. You know, those those companies are kind of doing their own thing and, and, and you know, they'll... they'll throw some retweets here and there or whatnot, but ring of honor is not putting their muscle behind this. You know what I mean? They, they don't have social media accounts that are constantly retweeting all in or whatnot, but the bucks and Cody and those guys are, and those guys you, you can just from seeing how active they are and knowing, you know, the, the, a little bit of the, the the behind the scenes or whatnot. No, I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that is, this is their money and this is them. Doing it on their own. I mean, I, I I don't doubt that they're partnering, and and the press release straight up says it. It says partnering with ROH yeah. and partnering with New Japan for Wrestling and, and partnering sure. with NWA or whatever. Which means, hey, we're going to use some New Japan talent, we're going to use some NWA talent. The NWA title, we'll use you know the the NWA YouTube channel, we'll use these other outlets. Maybe production is going to come from Ring of Honor, but I have no doubt in my mind that that when it's all said and done, the checkbooks are in the, and the checks are being written by Cody in the box, not Sinclair Broadcasting, because because this yeah, was say and, Sinclair Broadcasting, it doesn't say Sinclair Broadcasting. It says Ring of Honor. New Japan Pro Wrestling and, and and National Wrestling Alliance, and just like there's no reason for Sinclair to be involved in this at all. And 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 Cody again, like I don't whether you believe him or not, but I'm led to believe, you know, when I interviewed him, pretty much everything he said was was pretty honest. I thought he straight up said, you know, hey, there, they said go do whatever that you want, like we'll help whenever you need, but that's all he said. He said that's Ring of Honor's involvement in this is we'll help where you need, but that's it. That you know we're not. This is you guys. <laughs> you know we're not getting involved in this. Well, people are
0: missing the obvious reason that ROH would be willing to lend a helping hand and whatnot because they want to re-sign these motherfuckers when their contracts are up because they're so important to the company. Right. So of course they're going to kiss their ass. Why would ROH make it more difficult for these guys to pull off this show when it's very obvious that they're going to take these contract negotiate? I mean, just watch Being the Elite lately. Okay. They're already teasing that their contracts are coming up. So, and and we all know how important the Bucks and Cody are to ROH. So I don't read into ROH helping out with the with this show, um, from 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 the perspective of ROH is secretly financing it or this is an ROH. I read into it from the perspective of ROH wants to keep kissing their asses and keeping their stars happy so that their stars stay with them for another year or two years or three years or whatever it is. That's the way I read it. Um, now look, could we all be being played for fools? But what's what would what would be in it for ROH to secretly produce this show and let someone else get all the credit? That's the other thing where I don't think people are using their brain here. Okay, why wouldn't ROH want their name on the marquee to draw a ten thousand seat crowd? It, it, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Um, it's it, look, I just think they want to keep these guys happy. They're willing to help because why the hell not? Um, what what is our what skin is it off ROH's back to? Uh, I don't know, and I and I don't know any of this, and I'm, I'm but just a, what what skin would it be off of ROH's back to give them a lighting rig? Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like why why would that affect ROH negatively in any way? Uh, the only effect it could have on ROH is positive. Uh, when Cody and the Bucks say, gee, thanks guys, you really helped us out a lot here. You saved our ass. You saved us X amount of money. Tremendous job. uh, And maybe that'll uh, help nudge those guys into re-signing. So um, the WGN stuff, I think it led to a lot of dopey people connecting a bunch of dots that don't exist. Um, But I do think it's it's obviously great. It was unexpected. I knew they would stream this show in some form. I didn't expect it to be a straight up pay-per-view. But getting basically a pre-show on a super station, which is what WGN America is, 77 million homes, basically getting a pre show on basic cable on a channel that a lot of people get was something that I had never thought of. Uh, and honestly, it was pretty smart and is a huge advantage for them. And will probably, um, you know, if the show is good, we'll induce, you know, a few last second buys, you know. So um, from that perspective, it's, it was surprising. And I, I think it's um, nothing but positive.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, an aspect a lot of people are probably missing, and maybe I'm a little bit more aware of being in Chicago. But I think that there it shouldn't be it shouldn't be ignored that WGN is 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 based obviously in Chicago. The the basis of WGN America and WGN, you know, they're they're just. Basic channel or whatnot is is Chicago. And they've been, they've had wrestling for as long as I can remember. They had uh, the old Superstars. I don't know if you remember back, what was on WGN America many, many years ago. That's when they, you know, the first three nights or the first three weeks or whatever had awesome shows. And then Vince got bored of it and it it ceased to be. I I think it was Superstars, either Superstars or Main Event. Um, It was Superstars. Okay. That was on WGN America. Back when I was growing up, WGN Proper, which we get in Chicago, we do not get WGN America. Everybody else gets WGN America. But uh, WGN Proper always had some syndicated wrestling on it at some point WGN morning news was, was at the all in press conference they were at Pro Wrestling tees they're constantly there they've always sort of been you know interested in 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 local stuff particularly local wrestling and and this is a local wrestling show this is you know yes it's going to WGN America yes it's going globally and maybe that's the thing that they were able to sell it is hey look yeah we're in Chicago we're doing this thing but this is a global thing this is something that's getting wrestlers from all over the place but I don't think it, it, it you know people look immediately at the Sinclair thing which is a big picture Sinclair this giant company company is trying to buy WGN, which has all this reach not only in Chicago but across the the world or whatever or across the country, ignoring the fact that WGN also has bases in Chicago and, and and I think that maybe plays just as big of a factor as anything related to any Sinclair uh You know, potential talks with with a company that's helping them partner is the fact that it's right in WGN's backyard, so it's not hard for for Cody or the Bucks or whoever to say, "Hey, we're doing this thing in Hoffman Estates." You know, not very far from your guys' home base and all that sort of stuff. This is what we're doing, and WGN has always been into local angles and and has always been into wrestling for their WGN America stuff. So I think there's a little bit more to be said about that aspect of it as well. That I think I and I get why people don't know that because obviously if you don't live in Chicago, you're not aware. But like WGN has always doing stuff with wrestling i'm not saying they're like a wrestling channel obviously they do stuff with sports and all this sort of thing but local angles and wrestling they're always kind of involved in that they've been at Pro Wrestling T's number of times they were at the all-in press conference like they were they'll be there boots on the ground that weekend as well doing doing newscasts and stuff like that so it's it's a big deal to them it's always been a big deal to them to have something local like that happening and and, and why wouldn't they you know it's it's no skin off their back because that's the thing about wgn as well is you know Yes, it's a huge deal because it's in 77 million homes at WGN America. The problem is, and we sort of alluded to it when we started this, you probably don't know that you get WGN America because there's really no fucking reason to ever watch WGN America. We get WGN proper here and they show some sports and they show news and that sort of stuff. So, so I watch WGN here in Chicago. You guys get WGN America. And Joe, I've never actually watched WGN America because obviously I don't, I don't get it. But you used to tell me that sometimes, like, random Chicago news would pop up, and then between that, like, when, maybe when a game would show up, they would sh- switch to, like, an old episode of Law and & Order and stuff. It just shows bullshit. Like, there's really no reason for you to know that WGN America exists, but you probably have it. Is that correct? you still have it, you think?
0: Yeah. I, you know, I'm scrolling through to make sure I still have it because, like you said, there's really no fucking reason to ever watch it. Um, I, I'm looking for it. I know I for a fact I used to have it. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 you it's know, somewhere. it's, it's probably buried station. in it summer, has years. Yeah. It has a lot of reruns of old shows. Here it is. WGN. Like okay. right now, for instance, there are three straight episodes of the tip of uh, the Tim Allen sitcom. Last man standing. That's Ooh, what they're airing
2: tonight. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Actually,
0: no, it's, it's a, it's a marathon, Rich. There's a last <laughs> man standing marathon airing until midnight, which leads into a, Rules of Engagement Marathon, Ooh. starring uh, Patrick uh, Warburton and David Spade, of course. And then uh, at 2 a.m., How I Met Your Mother comes on for three straight episodes. So that's the, you can see what kind of channel it is. And then in the middle of the night, you got you know Person of Interest, which is a you know silly CBS uh, one-hour drama starring Jim Caviezel, I believe. Remember he played Jesus Christ in Passion yes. of the Christ? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Then there's infomercials in the middle of the night. Uh, until the morning. Then you got some Bible shows in the morning, if you're into that. And uh, yeah, so why would anyone fucking watch this? Paid programming until 8 a.m. Then you got Murder, She Wrote, of course. Ooh, nice. Yeah, your you grandma's got... probably awake that early and you're going to tune in the Murder, She Wrote. Back-to-back eps of Murder, She Wrote. Rich, it's a Murder, She Wrote threesome. No, you're not going to watch Angela Lansbury get down. There's three straight episodes is what I mean by that. Oh, and hard. then we've got In the Heat of the Night, which is a great follow-up. Uh, to murder, she wrote. Of course, Carol, the great Carol O'Connor, in his uh, his one hour drama project after uh, long after all in the family was off the air. That's another one that the seniors love. That's on for three straight eps, four straight eps, uh, five straight eps. <laughs> oh, oh my god! And if you Six? let it in the heat of the night, you love WGN. No, and that's followed up by Carter, starring uh, Jerry O'Connell, and then. At 5 p.m. the next day, that's right, another last man standing marathon. (laughs)
2: Here we go, baby.
0: So you get the idea. WGN is reruns of mediocre shows that you didn't like when they were on to begin with is basically what it is
2: right and we get a completely different one because like right now the cubs are on 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 our wgn and then we have you know the wgn news or whatnot so it's different it used to be a superstation somewhere to tbs that used to show like like joe you used to be able to get cubs and wgn news and all this sort of stuff that you would never fucking need in New Jersey. you were able to watch the cubs and 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 chicago weather even though you didn't give a shit about any of that but that, that used to be how it was
0: yeah, I believe it changed. because, And, and that changed recently. because It, is. it was
2: about two or three ago. years ago, I think, when, when Tribune went through some different changes. that Then WGN America became this, here's reruns that we bought the rights to because it cost a dollar for, what, what's the Jerry O'Connell like? Is Carter, like who watched? Nobody watched that Carter. Ever. I got
0: to tell you, I, I think Carter's getting shortchanged. There's only one ep of Carter. Everything else is like three <laughs> ep yeah, or the
2: more. Yeah,
0: Everything else gets the marathon treatment. But if you're Carter, one episode only. So his, his his residual checks coming in are probably like those embarrassing checks people talk about. They're like, oh, I got a six-cent check for this movie I did 19 years ago. Like poor Jerry O'Connell, that's what he's getting, you know? I guess they figure because like Carol O'Connor's dead, maybe they don't have to pay him. So let's put on five eps of In the Heat of the Night, you know? Angela Lansbury, is she dead? I think she's still alive. Is she still kicking? That's good for her. I think she- she's still kicking. I didn't hear about her dying.
2: She always looked old, you know what I mean? Like She was probably like 55 years old when that show first came out, but she just looked old, you know, where she might be able to. He's,
0: if she's not 90, I'd be shocked. Let's let's uh,
2: do you, Are Angela, you doing this? You know
0: who okay. we need right now? We need Mikey Falcone.
2: He would know. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's the foremost expert on. Angela 92. Lansbury is 92. 92
0: years old and she's alive.
2: There you go. 92.
0: There's some pictures of her in her youth. She's good. She good
2: for 92 but better she you know, of
0: her in her youth. Uh, yeah. no, never a looker. She was pretty, uh, I wouldn't bang. I got to tell you, there's some pictures here from like the 1940s or whatever. I don't think I'd bang.
2: Um, but, uh, Hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a heavy chin. <laughs> it's a pretty, <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: Very distinctive chin.
2: On yeah. Yeah. Know, she, I'm not digging her. No, probably not. I'm probably going to pay the
0: average off. looking woman. I gotta be honest. She looks almost exactly the same. Yeah, I was
2: just, gonna say she doesn't like she's just got a little bit more wrinkles now, like, but otherwise, so she's held up pretty well. Like her age, twenty two and ninety two, not a ton different, to be honest, which is is good for her. But, um, so I so guess how we're... old
0: was she when Murder She Wrote was on? Because well, she's ninety two now, yeah. and Murder She Wrote was like the mid eighties, right? So she was like, no, she was in her sixties when that was on. I can't believe she's still fucking kicking around. That's crazy. She was probably in her early sixties when that fucking show was on. She was solving those mysteries, solving murders, Rich. Not just mysteries. No murders,
2: yeah, and writing That's right. them. I like the, the the the. There's some fan theories that she like murdered all the people. and just did it to like you know entertain herself, and you know everybody looked to her because it was like, well, it's obviously not her. Like she's helping solve them or whatnot. So I like that idea that she was. That'd
0: uh, be yeah, that'd actually be pretty fucking cool. Is she still working? I wonder in any form.
2: She, I doubt it. Right? She's got to be just cashing those checks and being.
0: You know, a lot of like, these. Uh, a lot of these people do like voice acting until they croak because it's easy.
2: You could yeah, show you up for house. one day. Yeah. Or you just do it in your house. You know, sometimes people come and just bring all the equipment over to you. Or yeah, you go to a record studio or whatever, a recording studio, and you're in. Look at this.
0: And- Check this out. In February 2017, which isn't that long ago, she joined the cast of the upcoming movie Mary Poppins Returns. So she is still working.
2: Holy shit. All right. There you go.
0: She was 91 when she took that role. <laughs>
2: So, Just chill, Angela. You're good. Like you don't have to do did this. Did that ever come out? That
0: Mary Poppins returns. I, mean, I it sounds
2: have no fucking though. clue. Yeah, I would never watch it. <laughs> ever. So. Let me
0: see.
2: <laughs> Mary Poppins returns. Mary Poppins. Nah, it's Destroy.
0: released. It's it's a Christmas release this year.
2: Ooh, well there we go. Now we know. So everybody can get ready for that. That's uh. So she plays the balloon the lady.
0: <laughs> two years in the making. She plays the balloon lady. Um, Dick Van Dyke was in the cast. He did recently die, I think. Oh no, he's still alive too. He's 92 years old. It was his brother who died, Jerry Van Dyke. Um, holy shit. He's alive and he's working. Man, maybe I should start caring about the environment. <laughs> you might be. You know, <laughs> that's a callback spot from last week for yeah, our that new is listeners. Good. That is- um, okay, well, let me <laughs> ask you this. All right, here we go. I'm putting the gun to your head. Okay. This movie comes out. You know where I'm going with this. This movie comes out December 19th. Will this be a posthumous? How do I say that word when someone's dead? A
2: uh, posthumous, posthumous or post post posthumous? Posthumous is the. Post? Posthumous. Is that
0: how you pronounce that? I think so. I believe so. Will this be a posthumous release for Lansbury, Van Dyke, both, or neither?
2: Um, Van Dyke, I think is done. Really. The summer, I think the summer is gonna grate on Mister Van Dyke. I don't know. I have no so idea. So summer's gonna
0: wear him down. Well, I His think just died. Gonna, he might
2: be sad. Yeah, right. He might be sad. He might be down in the dumps. I think Van Dyke bites it. I think Lansbury goes another two years or so.
0: Lansbury, she's challenging Betty White here.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like those older women, they're, they're resilient. So she might, uh, she might be all right.
0: Betty White's pretty hot for like a really old broad. I gotta tell you, we like if I had the bang, before.
2: yeah, we've had this. Did we? Before. I think so, well,
0: it's yeah. consistent with my ideas.
2: <laughs> yes. No, we both agreed that like 80 plus, like she's definitely the pick for sure. If I had to bang
0: like, a 96-year-old, it's going to be Betty White. I mean, let's be honest. God. I mean, come on now.
2: Jill, we're 37 minutes into the show, by the way, just reminding you. That was, a, uh, I think, a two-hour and 40-minute talk last time. So.
0: She's 96. She's got four years on Lansbury. Which one do you think lasts the longest, Lansbury, Van Dyke, or Betty White?
2: Ah, uh, somehow Betty White. I think she's got like the Jake the Snake thing going. Like, there's no way that she probably should be alive anymore, but she's gonna kick. I, I think she's gonna outlive them both. Do you know why these people are alive? Because they're
0: still working. You ever hear the old sportscaster theory? They don't. I don't want to stop working because then I'll die.
2: Yeah, Vince right? Cole. I mean, that was yeah. You know, months after he was done, he he was he was gone. So he didn't die. Oh, he didn't die. I thought Vince Cole died. Who Vince am I Cole thinking of? Not dead. Dick Enberg. Dick. That's who I meant to say. Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg retires. And was like still sharp, like Enberg was fine, like he was still good.
0: <laughs> yes, he was calling Padre games. He retires, and like three months later, he dies. And he what? He had a podcast. His head was still in the game. He knew what was going on. His very last tweet was. Being excited about the Padres trading for Freddie Galvis.
2: <laughs> God, what a way to go! What a way to imagine go. imagine that being your last tweet. Yeah, you got to you know? be. You got to be always careful. That's that's a good way to think about Twitter. Is like you never want your last tweet to be like, "Hey, excited about Freddie Galvis." Like you got to make every one of them count because you never yeah. know when it's going to be your last one. That's then somebody on a podcast will make fun of your last tweet and of your September. last
0: tweet praising the, the trade for <laughs> Freddie Galvis. He's like finally a real shortstop in yeah. San Diego, Freddie Galvis. Oh uh,
2: poor dick, yeah. He uh it did not work out very well. <laughs> it's you know we're we're still, we're, still the, you know, we're still in the we're still in the you know we're still in the Freddie Galvis era, but uh it has not worked out very well yet. So the old Padre. All right, oh, his, so I his, think we talking about
0: all in. I don't his, remember.
2: It's on basis sub three hundred, which it always is because Freddie Galvis. Okay, what I was saying like, though Freddy is Galvis? yeah, he's, he stinks. Maybe yeah. it's a good thing that uh
0: Enberg retired because, <laughs> yes. you know. So we didn't have to watch yeah. any
2: more Padres baseball. That do kill anybody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And give his awful opinions on Freddie Galvis. You know that's a bad. We just talked about how sharp he was. I don't know.
2: Yeah, maybe not. You know. But uh, yeah, he kept that job as as a Padres. But that's a pretty cushy job. I mean, that's a great stadium. You're in San Diego. Like that's oh. how you go. Like, cause everybody was always like, oh, you know, he's he's you know at the end of his life, and he's just talking about her. Oh, he's only done Padres games. Like, you kidding? Who gives a shit? Like nobody cares. They're just kind of everyone's just chilling. He probably lives, you know, uh, pretty f- close to the stadium. It's always nice yeah, out. Like, lived out there. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to go. He's you need know eagle I mean? guy? Yeah, you don't. Even- Yucking up on the fucking you know Target Field and talking about the Twins. Nobody gives a shit about that. <laughs> like
0: fan of the team, lives there, great weather. You know, it's it's he had, that was a great gig for him for a few years there completely overshadowed by scully you know i think we just put the hex on him because he's retired. yeah sorry Vin.
2: yeah please don't uh, please don't die, Vin. Vin's
0: don't probably about do to die.
2: but um, oh so what i was gonna say though is is in in one breath you know i i said that this is a big deal because it, uh, it is on wgn america and it's available to those 77 million homes or whatnot but the the reason why i kind of mentioned and, and why you kind of went through the schedule as well is you probably don't know you have wgn america and you don't normally find wgn america so i don't think there's gonna be a whole lot of people just kind of scrolling through and 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 happening upon all in and being like oh this is interesting but i think if they do a good job they'll target the wrestling fans wrestling fans that might not know about all in wrestling fans that might not have been aware of it wrestling fans that maybe didn't have a chance to go to all in and are kind of on the fence about it will maybe watch the show and and then or you order the pay per view from there. That's really what the goal is. I don't think that you're getting your. This isn't like a Monday Night Wars esque thing where it's like, oh my god, now you're going to get the flips where where people are going to flip around and, and and find it. You might get a few people that do you know the sports search on their on their guide and end up on this all in thing and go, okay, this is kind of cool. This is interesting. This is fun, but. And you know, it's a channel that you're not going to flip through and find. It's not a channel that you're just going to stumble upon and, and and start watching or whatnot. But that doesn't undermine that it's not that it isn't still a pretty big idea that now you have this available one hour to anybody who's not buying the pay per view, anybody who's not buying it on Fight TV, and anybody who's just kind of interested in wrestling that might happen upon it or might find it or or you advertise to. It's just a great opportunity in that sense, and that's where it's the big deal. It's not a big deal in the sense that that WWE is this awesome channel that oh my god they're they're ready to go and this is this huge giant thing but still it's available in a lot of places so if they do a good job of advertising it and do a good job of letting people know about it 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 will do well and it will be a very important part of it but that's that's just kind of what i wanted it's it's not like they're on fox it's not like they're on nbc or whatnot this isn't a channel that you're just going to stumble on but it is still i think a pretty big deal
0: i completely agree i mean you know they got it they they got the pre-show for their pay-per-view into 77 million homes how is that ever going to be a negative?
2: Right, exactly. And and that's, you know, when people bring up like conspiracy theories about the Sinclair and oh my God, like, you know, th- this is a drop in the bucket of the Sinclair thing. You know, you know, that whole whatever's going on with, with Sinclair and WGN. That's why I, I it, that's th- th- Gotta keep th-
0: reminding people, Sinclair doesn't give a fuck about their little wrestling company no. that breaks month they don't yeah,
2: care exactly they're, they're a line item and and this is so out of the realm of anything that Sinclair could possibly Sinclair is busy in FCC, FCC meetings trying to get them to like roll back laws so they can purchase the most media stake in the country you know what I mean like they don't give a shit like yeah. ah, you know what we're gonna show we're gonna put that right what's this all in thing hey let's call Cody yeah like you got the fucking you know let, let's get Cody on the line here and say hey this all in thing you're gonna put it on WGN America like what, what world do you live in like they have bigger fish to it, fry like the biggest here's fish here's fry. Your... like becoming yeah. the biggest <laughs> media company in the country is a bigger thing that they're worried about right now. Then
0: here's what here's who in Sinclair has any clue what's going on. In ROH Joe Koff and whoever Joe Koff reports to.
2: That's yes, it. <laughs> Joe Koff's assistant is all the people. That-
0: yeah, no one else higher on the chain than that. You know, like you said, it's a fucking line item. It it's 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 shit to fill their airwaves that probably does better ratings than the Andy Griffin reruns that they were showing or whatever the fuck. That's all it is.
2: Not for my dad. My dad's watching those Andy Griffin reruns, I'll tell you that. But. Yeah, and I don't
0: know why I buried Andy Griffin. Yes, yeah, all those years. Uh, they, you know, uh, then the Jerry O'Connell, uh well, <laughs> Carter. Jerry Carter,
2: Carter, yeah, I don't know what yeah, Carter was is. doing
0: better than the Carter reruns that they're airing. So, yeah, for sure. You know.
2: But uh, yeah, I know. So, pr- pretty big deal, uh, r- regardless. And, and I think the other thing is they finally announced that it'll be on pay-per-view and it'll be on fight tv as well so i know we have the price for fight tv i think it's 39.99 i don't know if we have the pay-per-view price i assume it'll be the same or right around there but uh either way um we were kind of worried of of I don't know if we were worried. We knew it would come at some point of what this thing was going to show up on, but now it's, it's, it's there. So you got WGN for the pre-show that zero hour, you got pay-per-view and you have fight TV. So there's no excuse not to watch it, uh, especially for people who are going to be live in the audience as well. So there, there's, there's all this, you know, ability to, to, to catch it. So that's good that we, we knew that it would come with time and we knew that they would sort of work on it and, and they did. And, and I, I'd say that's a, you know, I thought maybe just stream, one streaming platform would all would be, you know, fights or, 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 you know, ring of honor streaming platform or whatnot. Yeah. to get on pay-per-view I think is, is a tremendous thing as well I mean yeah we, we yeah. sort of laugh at that but dude you make tons of money on pay-per-view you know WWE still you'll look at the line items uh for, for the quarterly reports like yeah WWE is obviously not making what they used to on pay-per-view but they still make a lot I mean that is that is good money if you can get a bunch if you can get a thousand people to buy your pay-per-view that's still a lot of money well, in your listen. pocket
0: yeah you got to do the buys I think this show will do the buys And that's the other facet of getting on WGN America. Look, they sold all the tickets. The name of the game now is selling the pay-per-views. Right. So, you know, that that's, that's why that's such a big deal, but uh, yeah, yeah. If they get the buy, and I think they will get the buys. I think this will have, um, interest nationwide. I think, um, I think they'll sell, I, I, you know, we haven't seen a TNA number in ages. They'll, they'll sell more pay-per-views than Slammiversary did. Um, I'm pretty confident with that. Even with 220,000 viewers every week or whatever it is for impact, I think this will sell more shows. Um, and also, how did they? It's interesting that they got around putting this on pay per view and got around all the individual little contracts that all these guys might be under with all these other little companies everywhere. Um, you know, you've got your. I guess the ROH, you know, uh, gave him a break there. But I'm, I'm looking at some of the other talent, and and you know, maybe some of these guys are aligned with AAA, and maybe they are aligned with Lucha Underground. You
2: got I, Moose, Moose is there? You know, he's going to be in that Moose. Battle Royal. We'll talk about a bit. There's a lot of weird dudes that are now, like now, yeah. Moose.
0: Now, interestingly enough, he's on the pre-show. Yeah. Um, which could be a reason, I you know, but it's just you have to navigate all that too, and you know, the language of all of these other contracts that these guys might have with other companies. So. Um, they've obviously gotten around that, and uh, and away we go. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, they. I knew it would stream in some form. I was never expecting pay per view. Yeah. I was never expecting national TV for for a pre show.
2: Yeah, both those caught me by surprise for sure. Let's let's talk a little bit about the card here. Um, we're starting to get a little bit more annou- uh, announcements. We're still missing one big match, but I think a lot of us know what that is. We'll allude to that here in a sec. But uh, so far for your pre-show, what we have now, the uh, the Zero Hour, you have the Briscoe Brothers, as I mentioned, Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe, of course, against SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. That is going to be on your pre-show, which makes sense. I mean, that's a, a good match, I think, to have your pre-show because I was talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, uh, you know, off air, obviously. And, and one of his things was all oh, the Briscoe brothers. I can't believe they're going to be on the pre-show. And I said, well, you know, I kind of have to navigate this pre-show in a certain way. You don't want to have Okada on the pre-show. You don't want to have the bucks on the pre-show. You, you want your guys that are going to sell pay-per-views on the pay-per-view. You still need right. to sell it, but you want people, you want guys that people know. And that's where I think the Briscoe come in pretty well for that is like, you know, they're, they're they're a marketable team. They, they, you know, in a lot of ways, they jump off the page. If you're, if you're scrolling and you stumble upon this or whatever, or if you just jump onto it, a Brisco Brothers match is a great way to do it because those guys are going to be all action, do a bunch of stuff. They're very, you know, in your face. I think they're a great option to have on that pre-show, even if it's kind of disappointing that, oh, geez, the Brisco Brothers pre-show, but this isn't just any old pre-show. This is a very important pre-show in a lot of ways.
0: You want excitement and you want a match that's going to uh, take advantage of a fresh hot crowd. So, so this looks like a big time event on TV when you're trying to coax out those extra buys. Right. So I do think that's a good match from that perspective. What I'm interested in is if this eventually will become an ROH tag team title match, because the current program on TV is SoCal Uncensored chasing the ROH tag team titles. So we do have Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Uh, It would make sense. You know, so we'll see if they turn this into a title match or not. As of as of this recording, I do not believe this is a title match.
2: Uh, no, right now it just says normal tag match. So we'll see as, as we get a little right. bit closer. Uh, the other pre-show match right now, the over-budget Battle Royal. This is a 15-person Battle Royal to determine the number one contender for the ROH World Championship. This is something that got announced just a, a day or so ago. Uh, so far, participants are uh, Jordan Grace, uh, Moose, Rocky Romero, Colt Cabana, and Ethan Page are announced so far. Um I have a pretty good guess of who's going to be, you know, a special guest in this battle royal and who's probably going to win the battle royal and maybe even win the ROH world title on the night, but we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, Flip Gordon seems like a pretty obvious choice to uh, show up in this battle royal, correct?
0: Yeah. I mean, Flip is obviously doing something on this show. Um, He's either winning this battle royal and then beating. Now it's interesting because, you know, Jay Lethal will face the winner on the pay-per-view. So again,
2: look, they're selling pay-per-views. Yeah. Building to that next step then, which is, is, is awesome.
0: Like you want to see this guy who just won the battle Royal challenge for a world title, you know, cough up your 40 bucks. We start in five minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, flips doing something. He's either winning this battle Royal and facing Jay lethal or he's taking a CM punk go to sleep. He's, he's doing something on this show. I, I think, you know, or he's showing up as the, uh, you know, in the costume of the business bear, he's, he's going to be on the show. So if he's in the battle Royal, I could see him losing the battle royal as his last ditch effort to get on the show and then doing something on the show anyway. I could see that scenario too. Yeah, yeah,
2: that makes sense too.
0: So, we'll see though, but yeah, there's going to be a constant flip presence including in the parking lot
2: before the show. So, <laughs> trying to trying to scoop my barbecue. That's all right. I see I see you flip, you know. That's fine. Mine my, my <laughs> barbecue is only 19.99, so it's 1 cent cheaper. You should cheap. charge. I should charge. No, it's all just People, <laughs> I don't want too many people at my house. So, um all right. You don't want and then, a pro wrestling,
0: Gen Pop fans. Yeah, showing up at your you know,
2: world? we we have a we're, we're, we're I'm working out something uh for a a post all in meetup. So, uh, oh, you are around for that? Yeah, yeah. We've had a lot. I've had a lot of people be like, "Hey, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing?" And my initial idea was like, I would have people over at my house or whatever, and that grew. I already have like 20 people, and that's just like close knit people that are showing up. And I'm like, all right, I don't want like a whole lot of people and like their why their poor wives and all these people like showing up to my house. Uh, before all in so i'm gonna keep the uh the, the thing in my house a little close knit and then maybe do something after because there's a lot of people there's an ungodly amount of people coming from all across the world to the show right. it, it, it it catches me by surprise because there's always people on dms and always be, hey what are you guys doing for all in or are you guys doing anything I'm like oh shit you're coming too. like god damn it like i really thought hey. i would be able to invite 20 people to my house but now it's like no there's there's no way are you gonna meet isle of man guy uh is he showing up to the, the shows
0: i don't know but he's listening to this isle of man guy we we need to find out. Um, let us know if you're coming to this. You got to talk to Isle of Man guy. He's got such an Isle of Man accent. I had trouble understanding. <laughs> like I I that poor guy. I had to ask him to repeat himself 19 uh, times every time he said something to me. But he was very good na- natured about it. You know, and he was hanging out with a couple other of our uh, you know our, our frequent listeners and and, and people that uh, correspond with us. And they were like translating for Isle of Man guy for me. You know, so I, I'm hoping you meet Isle of Man guy and I'm hoping you embarrass yourself uh, by not being able to understand it the same way I did. He's going to owe me money because the Blue Jays are not making the playoffs. Yeah,
2: I don't think uh, the Blue Jays are not looking good. The World Series odds are uh, pretty low, right? <laughs> they're he, playoff he, odds tried, he
0: tried to pay me about a month ago, but I said, listen, I don't I don't you accept never know. Baseball, baseball,
2: man. Baseball. It's weird until the
0: math have- until the math says they're done. I don't want your money. But yeah. I think I'm going to come collecting on that one.
2: I think, yeah. They're, they're. I don't think they're winning the division. I think they're almost mathematically limited from winning the, winning the division. And, yeah, the uh, playoff odds are – a lot of things would have to go right for the old uh, Blue Jays for that. Now,
0: tip. if he doesn't pay me, I don't think, you know, my boys from Jersey would travel that far to collect that debt. You know what I mean? <laughs> So he might just be able to That's get just, away with blowing right. off.
2: That's just over the Atlantic. They could, they can get on a flight there. But uh, all right, let's get to the rest of this all-in card here. You have, of course, as you mentioned, Jay Lethal, the ROH champion, defending against whoever wins the over-budget battle royal. Uh, you got a four-in match, Madison Rain, Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, and Tessa Blanchard. Uh, Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. That's one that I had a, a non-wrestling fan come up to me and say, hey, uh, Stephen Amell's wrestling at this thing, right? And he was like, ah, are there still tickets? And I was like, no, nah, they're, they're gone. And I was like, you can find them online, though. And then he got back to me and said, uh, I don't think I'm going to go. My wife really wanted to go, but I don't think we want to go anymore. So uh, Stephen Amell definitely attracting the, uh, the non-wrestling
0: fan. How about that? He almost, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean they already sold their tickets, but.
2: Told him to sign. I told him to go. I told him you don't want to miss it. Because he's he's like tangibly a wrestling fan, but he's kind of like an old school wrestling fan, but his wife's super into arrow. So I was like, nah, dude, like he's like, is he gonna wrestle without a shirt on? And I'm like, I I don't, you know, probably he's probably gonna be shirtless, but I don't know for sure. Like, you know, she was asking more than him, but I think he, you know, a little bit was asking as well. And I was like, I mean, I could and I really honestly thought of asking like Cody or be like, Hey, can you confirm that Steven's not gonna have a shirt on? Because I I have a buy for you. If need be, but uh, yeah, obviously they sold their tickets, but yeah, he looked at the resale value and was not too happy with that. So I told him, you know, wait, wait till you get a little bit closer, but they, they'll they be available for you. But that's uh, should be pretty fun His as well. Wife wants to
0: see shirtless, sweaty Steven. <laughs> <Mike>. <laughs> that's yeah, hey, that's what's going on here
2: that's good for you man and it's what, like we said this this card in a lot of ways is probably not for you it's probably not really for me like there's some stuff i like on the show i don't really love this card and we'll talk a little bit about the card overall in here in a bit but there's a little something for everybody and, and and there's no doubt that anytime they make an announcement you look at the replies you look at the the facebook comments and whatnot people the target audience for this fucking loves what they're di- what they're getting from the show so whether we really love it or not as a wrestling show and a star rating show or whatever it's going to be a fun show regardless it's kind of a variety show in a lot of ways doing a lot for a lot of people but um, uh, one thing you know, I want to mention. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, the other day um TLB said in passing that that uh Justin Bieber was cute. Mm. And and I was Googling divorce lawyers. Yeah. And um but then it occurred to me, you know, as I was complaining about this, um, because I'm like, What do you I can't I can understand if you were like sixteen and you thought this Justin uh, Bieber's She's really? also young.
2: <laughs> but here's the thing, right.
0: like then she turns to me, she's like, you know, I'm closer to his age than yours. Yeah. And then I did the math, and I'm like, yeah, and it's not even close. I'm like, <laughs> right? I got to give you a pass here. I'm like, yeah, you're like two years older than him. I'm like, all right. I think he's a little older than that. But uh, what, how old is Bieber? Like 26 or something?
2: I don't know. Okay. No, I think he's a little older than that. I think he's not far from – oh, no, maybe you're right. Maybe he's about 26, 27 or whatnot. He's probably uh,
0: like 26,
2: uh, what are your thoughts on Christopher Daniels being the one to face Stephen Amell? I thought that was a particularly good pick as well because Daniels is a super professional. Like if you're going to get anybody in the ring with it, you know, on the show, when you look at up and down the show and the guys we're listing the best guy to get in the ring with. If you don't know what you're doing or you only slightly know what you're doing is Christopher Daniels because that dude is a pro's pro. So I have no doubt that he's going to lead him through a pretty fun whatever this is. If it's going to be a match or whatever the hell Christopher Daniels, Stephen Amell is going to be. But Daniels is a perfect guy to, to compliment him.
0: Amell was serviceable in his match. Um, in WWE, he didn't look like he was woefully out of place or anything like that. He was pretty athletic and he was fine. And yeah, you're right. Christopher Daniels is a guy. It's the, the perfect opponent. I mean, they probably had this one set in stone as as his his opponent if they were going to do this from uh, from the jump. It's it's you couldn't pick you couldn't hand pick a better guy. I mean, he'd be one of my top choices on earth,
2: honestly. For sure. Yeah, he's he's if, if i was ever gonna have anybody against like a guy who's just starting or whatever, I think Daniels is perfect. Like he everything he does is clean and crisp and and smart. It's like not too risky, not too wild, but everything looks perfect. And and you know he's a guy that's gonna like and sometimes too perfect. He kind of had that that Lance Storm thing where some people uh, thought he was too perfect sometimes in, in, in some of the stuff he did and too smooth and whatnot. But I think he's ideal for 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 this. So I'm I'm excited to see what uh <laughs> God damn, I've been waiting. <laughs> it's these going for like 10 minutes. I wanted to avoid it. Um other matches on this uh show, six man tag match. This one, this one I'm really looking forward to here. Ray Mysterio Phoenix and Bandito versus the Golden Elite, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Coda Abushi. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mysterio Phoenix and Bandito versus the Jackson the the Bucks and uh and Coda?
0: Yeah, I mean this is the match that everybody's looking forward to. You know, I'd be stunned if it's not the match of the night. So um look, this card is, look, it's not a blowaway card. I'm not nearly as down on it as some people were. Now, let's be honest. Some people were going to be down on this card no matter what it was. Um, but there's some people who were genuinely looking forward to this who are a little disappointed in it, but no one's disappointed in this match this is going to no, be
2: this, this other than the match that hasn't been announced yet, that I think is going to be announced. And we'll talk to it and uh, talk about it a bit. I think those are the two contenders for being match of the night. Uh, for sure, but this one definitely jumps out, and and yeah, this is so presumably Rey Mysterio's last match before he goes back to WWE, he has sort of said that, oh, it's not set in stone yet, who the hell knows what that situation's gonna be, but yeah, Phoenix and Bandito are both uh, tremendous high flyers, and they're against, you know, the, the, the Bucks and and Coda, Coda's Coda, he's always gonna deliver, and the Bucks, you know, this is their show, so you know they're gonna go out there and just do everything they can, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, Joey Janela uh, versus Hangman Page, that should be a uh, filled with dick jokes, and uh, maybe not the best match, but hey, it could be a lot of fun, regardless, so I'm sure or guys will be, be pointing excellent. to their yeah i mean it could be good it could be good or it could be guys pointing at their dicks the entire time it could
0: be comedy. yes it I could be it, it, it there's a good chance it's very dick based yes <laughs> right. it
2: could be a very dick based match but we'll see joey ryan doing a run-in possibly uh as yeah. well uh you oh got god o- i didn't even oh yeah. forget it yeah right. it's a
0: fucking lock it's yeah. a dick
2: it's a dick match for sure uh which is fine whatever i get it uh okada versus marty scroll and then um, presumably right now you're announced main event, but uh, we know it's probably not going to be. Uh, Nick Aldis defending the NWA World's heavyweight title against Cody Rhodes. And then you look at kind of the names there. Uh, not a match for Kenny Omega. You see Phoenix on the card. You know, Pentagon's going to be there. I think, I assume, we've been trying to kind of poke around. I think everyone's kind of been poking around, but Kenny Omega versus Pentagon seems like the most obvious next match left, right, in the true probably main event of this entire show, correct?
0: Yeah, that has to be the main event. Um, And it's the right main event. Now, can Kenny Omega have a better match against other people? Probably. But in terms of a main event match that's unique, that's fresh, that's going to generate buzz and possibly get people to buy a show, that's the match. There's no other match um, that you can legit. Look, yeah, I do Okada Omega. I'm sure they'd love to, but they can't do that. So that's the match. You know, so I, you know, I, you know, I think that's a no brainer. But and, 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 yeah, and I, and I do think that that will be the match.
2: Yeah. And, and as I'm kind of going over this card a little bit, you know, looking at the card overall like there's not a ton of matches that jump out to me and go oh my god that's gonna be great or oh my god i can't wait but when i look at it i really do enjoy like i'm thinking of me being in the crowd now i'm thinking of me being there and and, and the enjoyment factor from a lot of these matches and yeah there might not be snowflakes flying and, and whatnot but there's a lot of really good things here like uh okada scroll like i'm not super in a scroll right now so i have no idea what this is going to be but it's fucking okada like he almost delivers all the time uh all this and cody Rhodes, i think is going to get to a certain level but it's still be you know an enjoyable wrestling match uh janelle and hayman page as we said could be really good or it could be a match where guys, you know, hit each other nuts and point at their dicks or whatnot, which is probably what it's going to be. And then you have the six man tag, which looks awesome. But there's so there's a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, Jay Lethal versus whoever it is going to be in that battle royal. Um, the Briscoe brothers, SoCal, uh, whatnot, and, and even the women's match looks it has some solid people in there, you know, in terms of Chelsea Green, Tessa Blanchard, and, and Britt Baker, maybe not Madison Rain, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, one thing that I saw a lot of people say, and I and I know you've kind of pushed back against this as well, is a lot of people will mention, "Oh, this just feels like a Ring of Honor card," and I think that's total bullshit because
0: I don't think know, it feels like a Ring of Carter, not Astero, Ring of Honor,
2: Bandito, Phoenix, Joey Janela, <laughs> Nick Aldis, you know, <laughs> Stephen Amell, Co- Okada. Like, no, like if Pentagon's going to be on this fucking show, Ethan Page is on the pre-show, like Moose is there. Like, no, this isn't an ROH show at all. Like, this is this feels very different. So I've seen that come up a lot, where where as this the cards getting announced, it's like, oh, this is a glorified Ring of Honor show, like. I don't know what Ring of Honor you watch, but this looks a lot better than most run-of-the-mill Ring of Honor shows. I
0: don't know. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what people were expecting.
2: I this mean, know, almost ex- Joey Janela is a big deal in processing right yeah, now. Like, I like, mean, being on this look, show is huge.
0: It, it, you got a ton of buzzworthy guys like Joey Janela and Pentagon. And look, you weren't going to get everybody, okay? And they didn't get Walter. Um, You know, you're not going to get everyone. You got Phoenix. You got Bandito, who's like the hottest thing going right now. You got you got some ROH guys there. You got, like you said, you got Ethan Page. You got Jordan Grace. Does that feel like an ROH show? Stop it,
2: Kotabushi. I don't, I don't I know. They we're forgetting the Kotabushi's there code too. Kodabushi. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, look at that six man. Like this does not feel like an ROH show. I don't. I genuinely do not know what people were expecting. Um, did they think that uh, you know they were going to book Kane, Justice, and uh, you know what they think they were going to get here? I mean, you know, it's it's you know, they they had to sell ten thousand tickets, and they want to sell pay-per-views, and they want to put on a blockbuster of a show. You're going to get, and they got a lot of buzzworthy names. They're not going to dig deep on the indie scene to get your favorite, you know, local grappler. They weren't going to do that, nor should they. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what people wanted. You got Kazuchika Motherfucking Okada and Kota Ibushi on the show. You got Kenny Omega on the show. You got Pentagon Jr. You got Joey Janela. You got Rey yeah, Mysterio.
2: Kota, Kota Bushi, Rey Mysterio, and Phoenix will be in a match together. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is,
0: and you got Rey Mysterio. It's and, different. And got, it's not I mean, what, what did you seeing. want? Yeah, It's not I what we're they, seeing they
2: in in Worcester, Mass. Or whatever. On a Ring of Honor World of Worlds tour. Like This is not that. Like It's a little
0: different. Yeah. I mean, I, what did you think? I mean, what what more? What were you looking for then?
2: Andrew, Tell and, me uh, what Rich you, and and you're You're going to get very upset by my my Worcester. How do you pronounce is it Worcester? Or how do you pronounce Worcester,
0: Mass? Worcester, yeah, Mass. You're you guys give me now. how to pronounce something. I, I can't yeah, pronounce anything.
2: Right. Yeah, those guys are gonna be upset.
0: Um, those, that's, right. But but yeah, I, I don't. I'd love to know what people wanted if this was if if what did you who's who would you want on the show? Because I, I, I don't, I, you know, what would have made this not feel like an ROH show? Yeah, and I think I, you what,
2: if you want to make the argument that this is probably not the best on paper, like pro wrestling, quote unquote, you know, star ratings type show, I I get that, I guess. But as I'm breaking it down, like you know that that six man and 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 eventually when they're going to announce Omega and Pentagon, I mean, that's enough for me. Those two matches are still pretty fucking like those are going to be great. I mean, what what wrestling shows do you go to that are really all that? And yeah, yeah, it would be ideal if it was Okada and Omega and and, and Kota Bushi versus then and, and like yeah, Kota Bushi versus Raymond in a singles match and Okada versus Omega like. Yeah, but it's not – I mean, I'm fine with this being kind of a, a variety show in a lot of ways, and and one of the things that I fully expect is I don't expect all these guys to go out there and have five-star type matches. I'm not going to that crowd expecting that this is going to be an incredible – display of pressing athleticism and oh my god and the five-star matches and, and i'm gonna be doling out like it's a g1 show or whatever like we're gonna talk about some some of the g1 shows coming up uh this weekend like i don't think it's gonna be that level and i don't really expect it to be I, and and i don't think anybody expects it to be i think it's gonna be kind of a party atmosphere there's gonna be fun matches and that's where i'm kind of you know i have some trepidation about like a joey janela and, and a hangman page and an okada and scroll because they might just go out there and fuck around because they know that the crowd just wants to see them and see them kind of have fun or whatnot and they might not be there to see great matches but to to sort of say the there's not going to be good stuff on the show is it, it, nuts i mean there's that six man alone is going to be incredible there's no way that, that match doesn't rule like you know there, there's just no chance in hell and who, whatever omega's in you know you're going to get 100 out of from him out of that as well so yeah there's just a lot on the show to like even if it's not going to be you know a snowflake fest or whatever i think it's going to be a fun show regardless and it's a unique show it feels different than just about anything else that's going on in the indies right now and if, if you don't think it does then you're just either not paying attention to the indies or yeah you're just finding reasons to not like the show
0: this is exactly what I was expecting. And to be honest, it's really not that bad of an on paper show. I mean, there's a couple matches here that I don't expect to be great. There's a couple that I do expect to be great. I think it's going to be a party atmosphere. I think the crowd's going to be hot for the whole thing. And I think that they're going to attempt to give the paying customers the show that they paid to see. Um, you know, the Okada Skrull example is the best example I can give. In some circles, people were bashing that match. Um, But if you read the comments, the replies to the tweet when they announced that match, people were going apeshit, bonkers over the idea of Okada versus Marty Skrull. They put together a card. their audience Mm
2: -hmm. the umbrella versus the rainmaker i mean people were losing their mind of that which again like i fully expect that match to be them fucking around with an umbrella for five minutes or whatever and and i know that i'm going and expecting marty scroll to fuck around with his umbrella for a little bit but i'm also expecting it after that it to be a pretty well-worked match but even if it's just them fucking around with an umbrella that crowd wants to see marty scroll fuck around with an umbrella and the rainmaker you know do whatever with it. You know what I mean? Like that's what they're going for. And they, they they're hitting their target audience one way or another, whether we like it or not. I
0: wasn't expecting Bola lineup or, you know, you know, I, you know, I wasn't expecting, you know, an ROH final battle from the glory day type lineup. I was expecting this something in between a great wrestling show and like a WrestleCon super show style show is what I was expecting. And that's a, precisely what they've delivered. And I do think it'll be a fun show that will deliver. I don't think there's any way this show is bad. I, I I can't fathom that this show, when it's over, that people who were there say, "Oh, that was a." There might be aspects of it they don't like, but I can't imagine that it will be bad. I don't think that's possible with what they've uh, what they've put together.
2: Yeah, no, I think you're going to enjoy it one way or another. We'll see well, how it goes. Uh, let's, uh, you know, this is kind of related as well before we get to uh, G1 stuff here, but Ring of Honor New Japan, of course, doing the G1 Super Show at uh, Madison Square Garden during WrestleMania weekend. Uh, the Honor Club presale began uh, this morning about 9 a.m. my time, uh, 10, uh, 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, and uh, pretty quickly things seem to go pretty well for Ring of Honor and, and, and New Japan. I know some people were having trouble getting tickets. I was able to secure tickets, and I'm officially, uh, now I guess I gotta go to New York this year for, for Mania, so I, I was able to get some tickets here. Uh, but I know there were a lot of people that are having trouble. There were some issues with the website, and usually when that happens, it it it's, you know, in some ways good news. You know, it sucks that, that people have issues, and it's usually me that has those issues, but uh, that's a good news as well. And then we heard uh, from postwrestling.com, they were able to get uh, a word from uh, Joe Coff, and he said, uh, quote, and this is what his quote to Post Wrestling, oh, we were currently 60% sold with general public's for sale on Friday. That is a very strong pre-sale figure. And it is possible that they could sell out the venue by the end of Friday. So the general sale general public sale is going to go on Friday, 60% sold already with the honor club. So uh, Joe, what do you make of that figure that number? And is that more or less than you expected?
0: Oh, they're going to sell out and they're going to sell out quickly without announcing much, which is an enormous success, obviously. So, you know, if, if, if that's legit,
2: yeah, we don't, we don't know. I mean, that's Joe Coffin. I mean, he is the COO, so he could be blowing smoke up our ass, but I don't know. I mean, I, I tend to know that there were a lot of people buying tickets and whatnot, and the site was having issues. We'll see when, when it goes, but I have no reason to believe that that's totally off base, you know, the 60%. It's probably no, if that, even if it's 60%, not exactly that.
0: Yeah, if they've sold 60% of their tickets just to for, at the presale before the general public gets a crack at them, they're going to sell the show out. So. And
2: everything seemed to be available, too. And when, when they gave you the guide, like, because I bought tickets up in the, like, the Boone. I'm in the thirty dollar ticket range or whatever. I was up in in the upper deck. I was in two thirty three or something like that. And I don't know. I've never been to Madison Square Garden, so I'm not sure exactly uh where that is or whatnot. But yeah, I, I assume that's. I does it have three decks, Madison Square Garden, or just two? Three I don't levels, know. Also, yeah. oh, it has three levels. Okay, so I don't know if the third level was available quite yet. So I don't know if they actually are selling tickets to that level. I don't know what the setup is. Right, we have no clue if it's. You know, some people have said, "Oh, is it going to be a fourteen? Is it eleven thousand or whatever?" All we know is they sold out six percent of what they wanted to sell. So we'll see how it goes. And, and that's before the general sale on Friday, which I think is going to do e- even better because the honor club, you know, for for what it's worth is is I don't know that that many people are honor club members. I, I know of some people <laughs> that potentially bought tickets that aren't honor club members, you know, hint, hint. Uh, but and the fact that you could buy like, you know, 10 tickets at a time or whatever, whether you were an honor club member or not, or the codes that they were giving out could be used by multiple people. But still, with that said, I don't know that that's. I think the general sale is going to really show us a little bit. I don't know. The honor the club is good. That's great news, obviously, that your most devoted fans gobbled up a bunch of tickets right away. But, yeah, I mean, I tend to believe that this thing is going to sell out by Friday, for sure. Once it goes to the general public, and if not fully sell out, like sell out most of what you need. I mean, it, it'll be maybe some scant tickets here and there. They might open up new areas. They might reconfigure. But I think if 60% is sold, if that number is to be believed already, would just quote honor club pre-sale i have no doubt once it's it's available to the general public and the honors clubs thing wasn't very well advertised either you know i mean it wasn't like all over there whereas the general sale i think is going to be a little bit more obvious to people so i think this thing sells out
0: i wouldn't be surprised if the third level is not for sale i mean that's way the fuck up there yeah it it did not look
2: like it was because i i can let me find exactly i thought my tickets were 233 and like i said i've never been to madison square Garden. you would know a little bit better um Yeah, somewhere in the two, and I don't believe because that was the cheapest price you could get. So I do not believe uh, the three hundred level is available right now. So they might not be opening the three hundred level, or they might just be keeping that for the general public. I have no idea exactly right now, but um, my
0: my plan would be to only open up the three hundred level if they sell everything else, and then say, okay, we've got these, you know, then open that up and open up a you know, fifteen hundred more seats, or what I don't know how many seats it is mm -hmm, up there, right. But, um, you know, they're terrible seats. They're way to fuck up there. Those are, uh, you know, the Ranger fans. It's famous for, like, the rowdiest of Ranger fans sit up there. Um, So, yeah, I doubt those. I would think that those would be closed off and they wanted to see how they would do. I'm curious to see the setup. Um, But, yeah, look, they're going to sell their allotment out. I mean, that's clear, you know, because they've got months and months to do it anyway. Well, I, I agree with you. I think when they go to sale with the general public, they'll sell out at that point, and then they'll open up more seats, probably that third level. But this is an enormous success.
2: Yeah. By the way, um, it's I August. T- <laughs> it's August, by the it's way. August. This was in April, yeah. so just to give you an idea.
0: <laughs> I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I, I thought it would do very well. I mean, we said that a few weeks ago. Um, you know, and I, I, I thought it would it would it would come close to selling out at minimum. It's going head to head with NXT, obviously, but you know, th- there's more than enough. Look, the novelty of New Japan, and even ROH to some extent, running Madison Square Garden, the novelty of seeing Hiroshi Tanahashi work that building, Okada worked that building, Naito worked that building, was enough to where I think a lot of people who may have gone to... Well, anecdotally, we know people who were would have gone to NXT who were going to this instead. I mean, we know people personally who who said... You know, I hated that fucking ROH show in, in New Orleans, but I've got to go to this. I mean, it's Madison Square Garden and it's 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 Ring of Honor and New Japan Talent. And it's, yeah, I have to go. It's history. And it is history. And shows like All In and this show selling out and doing well is so great for wrestling. And it's a shame that there's a lot of people just because maybe, you know, it's not their personal favorites that are involved in it. You're not a Kenny Omega fan, but you still need to recognize that this shit is great for wrestling, you know, and put aside the fact that you don't like Kenny Omega's matches and and just, this is good. (laughs) This shit is all other companies, other people doing well enough to sell out these massive arenas is good for, for everyone, for the fans, for the wrestlers, For wrestling in general. You know. We we need to root for these scenarios. We need to root for these situations. To do well. And um, it's baffling to me. That some people do not. It's. it's, You don't even know what's best for you as a fan. If you're not rooting for these scenarios. To do well. So. uh, This was great news today. Had a lot of buzz. They obviously sold a lot of tickets. And they're going to sell out, which is really fucking awesome. I would love to see whatever it is, 18,000 people at you know, a New Japan show in madison square garden that's fucking it's surreal
2: fucking, yeah and, that, and that's a big reason i mean that's that's a I, I don't really know if i care what's on the card i just kind of want to be there because it's like you know right. i can always say that i was there and i'll keep the ticket and i'll keep pictures and i'll know that i was there and buy a program and shit like it's one of those moments it's like oh my god like i can't believe this is happening like this is this is historic in in madison square garden it's historic in american wrestling history it's historic in japanese wrestling history i mean this is a big deal this show i mean people are again like you said a lot of people undermine it and and, and whatnot and and i get it i understand why they do that i mean i think they're they're dumb but yeah, whatever but yeah there's a lot of you, people and i
0: just think they're fucking idiots
2: yeah I, I don't understand well and, and the thing we were talking about too we were talking about it on, in, in the voice wrestling slack and i think this is so important that this show selling out as quickly as it did and, and 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 it eventually probably or i shouldn't say selling out as quickly as it did, but selling as well as it is all in doing what it's doing you know everything that's kind of going on and right now is good for everybody it's good for every single wrestler it's good for every single fan like there's nothing better in, in, in pro wrestling, there's nothing healthier for pro wrestling than for there to be eighteen thousand people at Madison Square Garden opposing NXT. There's nothing better than that. Even if you're only watch WWE, it will improve a lot of the things in terms of the wrestlers in WWE. It's going to improve a lot of the stuff in WWE because this is going to make them stand up and take notice. And any time throughout history that Vince McMahon or WWE or whatever has been pushed up against a wall or or had a threat, like they've gotten better. They've whether it's paying wrestlers better, having better shows, having better creative, doing different things. Like this will. It upsets the apple cart, and that's what you want, and that's what every single wrestling fan should be rooting for this. Whether you like these guys or not, whether you think they're dopes, whether you think the Young Bucks are annoying, you think Kenny Omega sucks or whatever, you should still root for them because it's better for everybody. It's better for fucking Mojo Raleigh that this show sells out. You know what I mean? Like Mojo Raleigh will make more money in the long run because All In and and this MSG show. It's just, And that's the long and short of it. Like, pro wrestling is healthier if this show is successful. Pro wrestling is healthier if all in. Not just the All, of pro, Not just all of pro wrestling. Every single aspect of it. Every single person in American pro wrestling is going to benefit by these two shows being as successful as they were.
0: Even if you're just someone who watches WWE and you just turn your nose up at everything else, like you said, it'll push them to be better and do more creative. The worst WWE historically is always when they're complacent. That's always when they're at their worst. So if this lights a fire under them, that you know, that that's a good thing too, even if 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 you're coming from that perspective. And it's obviously better for the wrestlers.
2: Yeah. Guys are gonna get better contracts moving forward. They're gonna get paid more or else they could go. You know, it's like
0: more places to make money. More, right, right. more wrestlers will say, Hey, I I can carve my own path like a Cody if I've been here for seven years and I'm going nowhere fast. Maybe I can jump on it. it's this is just it's better for, and it's especially better for fans more right, big shows to watch more promotions doing well, you know, from a fan perspective, there's no argument against
2: it. Yeah. Like, even if you just watch OB WWE and, and, and say Seth Rollins is your favorite wrestler, Seth Rollins benefits by saying, Hey, look, my contract's coming up. I can go do this, or you can sign me for more money. And, and this is what I want. And, you know, Hey, I, I think I'm better than, and I think it should be, I should be doing this or that. You know what I mean? Like this is, it, it's power to the wrestlers too. And that's a big thing for a while. WWE has been kind of and and, and Vince Man and the leadership of WWE has been able to kind of control all the chess pieces. Well, now you know the control is getting lost a little bit, and that's good. It's good for everybody. It's better if yeah. people have a, a, a just throwing. A, I'm just throwing Seth Rollins' name out there as some random dude. I have no idea what his contract status is, but if he was up in 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 March or whatever, he maybe doesn't want to leave, but can say, "Hey, look, I can go. You know, I can. I I got all these other opportunities. You got to pay up." And hey, wh- while you're doing that contract you know I'd like some other things you know hey let's do this or let's be a little bit better or they'll understand hey shit we got Seth Rollins he's a very talented guy let's make the most of this guy let's maximize him a Daniel O'Brien type let's maximize what we have with Daniel O'Brien. let's maximize what we have with these guys and these talented guys and and maybe not just do 50 50 booking and not just maybe do whatever the fuck we want and and maybe the Roman train thing doesn't have to be the number one idea because we have these guys that are up for I mean it's better if the wrestlers have options I mean Jesus Christ and look at all of the wrestling history and then look at the last 15 years of course it's better for everybody if there's an option if there's an ability to say, hey, I'm going to go do this unless I get this. I'm not saying holding guys up and, and putting them up for ransom and blackmail or whatnot, but letting a fire under the creative and, and letting a fire under the company is, is good for everybody. It's good for the wrestlers. It's good for their, their pocketbooks. It's good for everything. Competition is good. Competition is healthy.
0: They'll, they'll be less apt to hoard and mothball wrestlers if wrestlers just walk when their contracts are up. If wrestlers that are not pleased with the way they're being used or not pleased that they've been called up yet or not, whatever the case may be. If some of these wrestlers start walking and helping these other companies make impacts, then they'll be less apt to hoard and mothball people. They might say, oh, well, we, we've got people. Walk. We need to do something with this guy. We need to do something." We, we've heard rumblings that this guy's not happy. And you know they'll be forced to put effort into more people. And maybe they won't be able to hoard anymore because if there are options, maybe more people will leave. And go somewhere where they feel there's more opportunity for upside. Don't think that there's people in that locker room that haven't paid attention, not just to Cody, but to people like Juice Robinson. You know? And Juice may come back one day, and I'm sure he will. And, you know, someone else who's can't get off the NXT treadmill or can't get on NXT TV or, you know, can't get out of the rut of doing jobs in NXT or or stuck on main events every week or whatever might say hey you know if i go bet on myself i can come back in 5 years with a name and like this juice robinson guy who they brought in and immediately pushed you know it's 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 good for everyone you should all be rooting for this stuff to do well you know, is that is that triple a show still happening in msg
2: or did they snuff that? Money? Uh, I think that one's not happening anymore. I haven't heard anything about that one in a while, so I have no idea. But yeah, I'd love to see that one do well too. All of them. Yep.
0: All of them. You know. You know. Show that. You know. That these wrestlers need to see that they can make money other places and do well in other places. So. Great news today in my opinion. Great news. Yeah, absolutely. And we we
2: talked about it a few weeks ago as well. But uh yeah, the idea that like oh Vincent Man doesn't care, whatever you bullshit. Oh, come you don't think, yeah, you know, yeah. think eighteen thousand people in the arena, you know, that his father, <laughs> you yeah. know, built a company on, you know, going to another wrestling show. You don't think that bothers the fuck out of him? Getting yeah, articles in the, the,
0: the in the, the daily news and the right. post talking about this show instead of his NXT show. Yeah.
2: You don't think that you know across the either, river wherever uh, they're having that fucking one. mind Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what Vince. And it's good
2: that it bothers him, and that's the thing. It should bother him, and that's good. You should want him to bother him. You should want Vince McMahon to get a bug up his ass and say, "Oh fuck it!" All right, then, because wholesale changes happen. I mean, (laughs) you know, yeah, 1995 would have been, you know, the WWE in 1993 and 1995 would have been forever. You know, unless WCW lit a fire under their ass, and it would have been forever. And there was a lot of issues. A lot of opportunities where that happens. So yeah, you should want Vince McMahon to be bothered. If you just watched WWE you should want nothing more than Vince to be bothered and annoyed because that's when he's at his best. You know? Listen,
0: his product fucking sucks right now. Like n- nobody except the most extreme loyalists think it's good. His product is fucking terrible, and people are handing him a billion dollars. Where's his motivation to, to 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 put on a better product? There is none unless the, this kind of shit succeeds. So, you know, and I want it to improve. Everyone, I'm sure you want it to improve. Oh, of course. That'd be great. <laughs> I would love to be able to watch it. And, not on a and peak, it's fucking but- terrible right now. It's awful. It's an awful thing. But where's the motivation when, when they're giving them a billion dollars? So, you know, maybe the, this forces some some positive change from just an entertainment standpoint in that company. So, Yeah.
2: All right, so that's uh, the MSG All-In stuff. So a lot of good uh, stuff in that, good news for pro wrestling in general. It'll be a fun, uh, obviously fun in September, September 1st for the All-In show, and then, of course, April during uh, WrestleMania weekend for the MSG uh, show there. So we're going to get into a little bit of the G1. Uh, but, Joe, uh, do you want to let people know about us on Patreon? Joe and Rich on Patreon. Let us know.
0: Okay. I told you I was going to change this copy. Yes.
2: But you didn't. But I didn't. <laughs> Still Rich, uh-huh.
0: are you a Voices of Wrestling subscriber?
2: You know, you've been asking me that for weeks and weeks and weeks, but I'm not. And I, 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 I just, you just haven't done a good job convincing me. So convince me, please.
0: Why the hell not? Did you know that we offer the most affordable, biggest bang for your buck, premium subscription in the entire industry? Tears started only $2, which is basically free. And just $5 per month gives you access to our entire archive and everything we do, including the overrun our flagship extension that guarantees that we will never run out of time again. Joe and Rich recommend matches to each other, arguably our most popular bonus show where we get a chance to stretch our legs, get away from current events, step back in time, and break down wrestling from the past. Instant reaction. We just had one this week with John Carroll, a G1 breakdown show, uh, which also airs live on YouTube where you get our freshest takes on major shows subscriber-only anything-goes Q&A mailbags, which we just had this week, which Rich did. He did over, what would you do, over an hour of Q&A mailbag Yeah,
2: longer than I wanted week. to. I ended up like an hour 20 minutes or so. It was a long one, but a lot of good, lot of good questions there. Definitely check that one out if you get a chance.
0: Twice-weekly TV reviews. Every Monday and Thursday, I break down the latest in TV wrestling. Special editions of Bouncing Around Japan and Bouncing Around the Indies. Exclusive subscriber-only interviews with the big names from inside the business. Classic content dusted off from our very embarrassing pre boom archives. Rich's squashing buttons live video game gimmick. And eventually, one of these days, the return of lands Unfiltered, the greatest three-episode run in podcasting history. And right now, until the end of the G1, we've also got daily G1 audio updates with full breakdowns and analysis of every single show. So Rich, what are you waiting for? If you listen to the flagship every week, there is no reason not to subscribe. Go to patreon.com slash voice wrestling. Find the tier that works for you and subscribe today.
2: All right. So let's get into this G1 stuff. So we got obviously a huge weekend coming up. We've had a, a, a bevy of really good shows as of late. Uh, let's let's just of course talk about who's left uh, before we kind of talk about these shows coming up uh, this weekend. So you got the a block. You have essentially three people left: Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jay White, Okada. B-block. You have Kenny Omega, Naito, and Kotobushi, who's kind of still left, but pretty much not. Uh, some people mentioned Zack Saber Jr. He's at ten points, but there's almost there's no scenario where he wins. No matter what happens, he can only tie, okay. but then he's going to lose a tiebreaker, no matter what. So Zack Saber Jr. is out.
0: Here's the thing with Zack Saber Jr.: the best he can do is a four-way tie with twelve points, and that is it can happen. That's plausible. He beats Naito, Abushi beats Omega. Everybody has 12. Here's the thing. Based on tiebreakers that they've used years ago, he would be out because he'd be one in two against the people he's tied right. against. And there'd be people that have better records uh, against the other people that are tied. But we don't know what the tiebreakers are anymore because they haven't done these wacky ties in forever. And it's new regimes, new bookers, everything else. Can I definitively say that Zack Sabre Jr. is eliminated? No, because I don't know the rules. Now, realistically, are they going to do a four-way tie? No. The only way you could even consider the four-way tie is if you hear officially from New Japan that they explain the scenario for the four-way tie because the only reason they would do that is if they're going to give you one. I don't expect a four-way tie. It's too convoluted. It's worked. The advantage of a worked sport is you can avoid (laughs) four-way ties. So – Listen, can I sit here and tell you that I know for a fact that Sabre Jr. is eliminated? No, because I don't know the rules. But realistically, he's eliminated. Where I do disagree with Rich is I think Kota Ibushi has a very good chance. There's a very easy scenario for him to win the block, but um, we will get into all that. The, The scenarios are very simple these are not difficult scenarios to understand at all. Did you want to do that first and then maybe talk about the, uh, yeah, let's do
2: that. Let, let's talk about who's, you know, the, the, the path for each person to win uh, the, the, their block. I think it's probably important. Then we'll kind of go over the matches that are coming up this weekend. And then we'll talk a little about what, what has happened as of late as well. I think that's probably the best plan to do.
0: Right. So B block is very simple. It's Tetsuya Naito versus Zack Sabre, Jr. It's Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega Omega and Naito F12 Kota Ibushi has 10 Naito is actually in a very bad position because he already lost to Abushi and Omega which means he has to have more points than both of them than both of those dudes to advance in the block. So, if Naito loses to Zack Sabre Jr., he's out. Very simple. Because at that point either Abushi or Omega have to win and the winner of that match would then advance. It's very simple. If Naito loses to Zack to Zack Sabre Jr., the winner of Omega Abushi advances. Very simple. Even with a draw between those two, Naito would be out. Because that gives Omega 13 and Naito would only have 12. So Naito loses to Sabre. It's very clear and simple. It's a Bushi Omega, winner take all. It's very simple if Naito wins too, though. If Naito beats Zack Sabre Jr., that eliminates Kota Abushi because he can't get to 14. So if Naito beats Zack Sabre Jr., once again, we have a very simple scenario. Kenny Omega wins, he moves on. Kota Ibushi wins, Naito moves on. It really is simple. The B block is easy. Uh, there's really no confusion there. A lot of people are talking about an Omega Ibushi draw. It really doesn't affect anything either way. A draw. So, um, you know, I, I think that's pretty straightforward the way that's laid out. As far as the A block, I haven't looked at this one in a couple of days, but this was just, this was just as easy. We have Tanahashi with 14, and we have Jay White and Okada tied with 12 but Jay White has the win in hand against both guys. So very similar to Naito. If Jay White loses to Evil, he's out. He's out because Tanahashi has 14. So that then that would create a winner-take-all scenario between Tanahashi and Okada. If Okada beats Tanahashi, he wins the tiebreaker, he advances. If Tanahashi beats Okada, Tanahashi wins the block outright. So similar to B-block, where if Naito loses, it becomes very simple. Same thing in the A block. If Jay White loses, it's very simple. Tanahashi Okada becomes winner take all. Right. Rich hasn't jumped in yet, which means I haven't messed anything up yet. No,
2: you're good. Everything seems good so far. <laughs> I went through. I went through this for like an hour and a half earlier, so this is good. This, you're doing it quite well. So continue.
0: Now, if, now if Jay White beats Evil, okay, Okada's out. So again, very similar to the B block, where if Naito beats Saber, Abushi's out. Okay. Because Jay White would then have the tiebreaker over Okada, and the best Okada could do is 14 points. Okay. And then if we have the three way tie, Jay White beat both of those dudes. So he moves on. So if Jay White defeats Evil, Okada's out. And what it comes down to is if Tanahashi beats Okada or draws, Tanahashi controls his own destiny. Right. Winner or a draw, Tanahashi advances no matter what else happens, because that would give him either 15 or 16 points. And White and Okada can't get to 15 or 16. So Tanahashi controls his own destiny. That's all you need to know about Tanahashi. Regardless of what happens, a winner, a draw, he moves on. Now, if Jay White defeats evil, Okada's out. And then it comes down to Tanahashi, uh, winner, draw, move on, or Okada winning, which would put Jay White through because Jay yes. White would win the three-way tie. Yeah, if Jay Very White be- if Jay White beats evil, easy. Okada
2: beats Tanahashi, Jay White moves on. So that, that's right. an interesting And that was one that you mentioned even at the beginning when we were first previewing the show is that yes. Okada begrudgingly, has to beat Tanahashi because he doesn't want to lose, but then he begrudgingly has to put that little fucking asshole into the G1 finals right. by beating him, which is a cool little story. Like, usually we say we, you know, so at, at, from time to time, they don't like to do that story all as much. I mean, they do it a few times where, like, the guy, you know, some guy, you know, backs his way into there. We know Goto peeking through the curtain or whatever and getting, you know, advanced to the final based off of a, a finish or whatnot. But more times than not, they they like the story of the guy that wins goes to the finals or whatever that's a much more clean story okada wins he goes to the finals but it's an awesome story for a guy like a jay white and the way they've been building jay white where he can be peering through that curtain hoping that okada is going to say oh fuck i'm not going to lose on purpose i'm not going to lose to my my hated rival so i got to beat this guy but fuck if i do that lets jay white go in and this guy's an asshole i hate this guy so it's it's fun it's a real conflicted thing there so i'm i'm rooting for the jay white Uh, Advance because I think that would be just awesome. That's a really cool story to tell with Jay White just peering through. You know, hopefully has his switchblade with him, just peering through the curtain, waiting for Okada to defeat Tanahashi. Because then it puts Okada in a really weird spot too. He's he's on this comeback trail. He's he's feeling good about himself, and he's got to go out there and beat Tanahashi, right? But then, ah, man, do I really want to beat him? Do I want this guy to go to the finals? Do I want to hear about this guy going to the finals? So that was a really interesting scenario that you mentioned from day one, and and it's 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 potentially coming true. So.
0: Yeah, the one thing I wanted when I described this, I don't know if you saw it earlier this week, there is an audio clip of Dave Meltzer going through G1 scenarios (laughs) from a couple of years ago, set to Yakety Sax, the old Benny Hill music, with Dave just stumbling over himself, not making any sense, changing his mind mid-sentence as he adds points together, and Alvarez doing nothing to help him, and And all I wanted to do was to get through that without someone being compelled to put that music underneath the audio. And I think I nailed it, and I, and I, I think wish that, I wish uh, I had
2: a link to that. Do you know how long that video was because I'd love to put it in this episode because I think that'd it's be like incredible. two Just minutes
0: and fifty seconds or something. Right, it's like I could find minutes it.
2: Long. If I could find it, I'm definitely going to put it in this episode here because yeah, like, it might be hard to find. I, people need to listen to it because it is one of the greatest things I've
0: ever It is a fantastic piece of audio, and I feel bad for Dave because he clearly didn't work it all out before he went on the air.
2: <laughs> right, which is dangerous. He, you can't do that. We've done it. Do that.
0: Trust he, us. We've done it. We've done it, and it's it's and it's and <laughs> a disaster. Now, luckily, I've been doing this every night, so I kind of had a firm grasp on it, and you, I watched you work it out this afternoon so you wouldn't yeah. look like an idiot but i right, yeah, downloaded
2: he, it. It's two minutes and 41 seconds. You guys will hear it after the segment. Uh, just like, okay. You
0: know. So, okay, well, let's create a break for it right now. So I will set it up. Here is Dave Meltzer to the tune of Benny Hill. Well, yeah, I don't he even know what here.
2: year. Yeah,
0: I think it's like 2000 because Carl Anderson is in the mix. So it's gotta be like <laughs> right, 2015 right. or something. So here's Dave Meltzer breaking down the scenarios for the, what I think is probably like the 2015 AJ Styles into G1. Here you go.
1: So the deal is, it's um, like I said. The A block is Tanahashi and Styles are both tied for first. The winner of that match, um, the winner of that match will become the. Uh, I was gonna say the winner. The winner goes to the finals. So in the B block, um, Okada has Okada has a seven and one record. Nakamura, Carl Anderson, and Goto have six and two records. Nakamura is wrestling Okada. If Nakamura beats Okada, they would be tied, but Nakamura would advance because. He he has the win over Okada. However, which actually makes sense because it's good that they protected Okada. Okada comes across like a champion but he still loses and Nakamura in theory is probably going to be getting a title shot at Tokyo Dome against him. Just the way in theory. It goes the way it needs to go. However... Uh, if Carl Anderson or Goto win, they are also tied. So if um, let me see how this works. If they if all four okay. So so if if it's a four way tie, which means that Nakamura okay if, if Okada beats Nakamura, he's in the finals, which I don't expect that. If Nakamura and if Nakamura wins and Anderson and Goto lose, Nakamura's is. If Nakamura and Anderson both win uh, and Goto loses, Anderson's in the finals because Anderson beat um Nakamura and TB uh uh I'm trying to trying remember uh wait 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 no 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 it would be uh okay it's okay it's, okay um if all three win if all three win if if oh, if Nakamura Anderson and Goto win Anderson goes in um uh then uh let's see or or they would have to do a playoff or something okay so uh if Nakamura uh, trying to figure this all out. Anyway, um if uh, okay, here we go. Okay, so here we go. Okay. If Nakamura and Okada win, <laughs> Nakamura goes. If Nakamura, Okada, and Goto tie, then Nakamura goes. Um if Nakamura Okada Anderson and uh are, are tied then then they would need a a playoff match that all three of them would go because they'd all be one one, one and one against each other. So that ain't going to happen. So anyway, um, and if it's all, if all four are tied, uh, then Anderson and Nakamura would have to have a playoff, which would either be um, on the under, which would probably be on the undercard on Sunday. So they they could do that where Anderson and Nakamura wrestle on uh, Sunday with the winner having to face either the the Tanahashi or Styles winner um, in the main event. And on that same show, so that's the different possibilities.
2: All right, so there it is. So we have now entered the podcast universe where you make fun of Dave. So that's uh, congratulations. We uh, the money should start rolling in any second now. <laughs> so, we should
0: credit the guy who put it together. What what's his yeah? Dad? It's
2: uh, it's Taylor, which is actually is uh, it's uh, uh, so anybody. So Danny was the one that initially asked it. That's at d a j o s c eleven. He uh, he's a longtime follower of us as well. Uh, and the person who put it together was it's Taylor who follows us as well. And that's at Taylor underscore J A N I C E K. So Jan Janisic, I believe, is is how you pronounce it. So Taylor Janisic, put that together uh, as requested by Danny D A J O S C 11. So
0: where is Alvarez? (laughs) Just well, he doesn't know, he knows less. But, 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 But here's the thing, Rich. We would never let each other die. No, on the you vine gotta, like
2: you gotta say something. You gotta be like, "Well, man, this is this." You're having a little trouble with this, Joe. Like, Joe, here, let me like. We would make a laugh. We'd make a joke about it. But like you said, he's he's petting his cat. He's feeding his child. He's for all we know eating dinner on his own. He's putting. He's replacing his spark plugs in his car or whatever. Like he's nowhere Rich, near. He's not even in the if room. If you
0: were dying that badly, <laughs> I'd be doing the math on my fucking notebook with on mute, ready to belly out and and explain it properly. I Me's mean, let the man drown. That is some piece of audio, let me tell you. But um, but those are the scenarios. Uh, the scenarios are very easy this year. I'm um, curious to see if Dave botches them again. I don't know if he's gone over them yet. But uh, but yeah, there you go. So you want to talk about some of the highlights of the last few nights since the last time that we talked G one last week, or how do you want to uh, approach this now?
2: Yeah. So let's um. Yeah, let's talk about what, what 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 we have watched over the last week, and then talk about what's okay. coming up this weekend. I think that's probably the better plan. I, I said it, I said the opposite initially, but that doesn't make any sense to go back. But so we kind
0: of went over that though, because there's really only four matches that matter.
2: And right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's like one show, the the 11th looks awesome. That's the show that we talked about when we initially previewed the G1. We talked about it a few weeks ago. I mean, that's the show to really look at. Uh, the A Block, su- surprise, surprise, the A Block show doesn't look nearly as good, but the B Block show is fucking money on that August 11th. But uh, yeah, I guess we don't have to do like excruciating like match by match breakdowns of those because you know the important matches in there. But uh, for the B Block, you got Juice Robinson, Hiroki Goto on that uh, Saturday, August 11th show, which sounds awesome. Ishi Sonata. Uh, Kenny Omega, Kota Bushi, and then of versus Xavier Jr. So that's a killer. That is your show of the year right there. Like, so that's one that everyone's going to be penciling in and looking at and and hoping delivers. And I have no reason not to believe it's going to deliver because that fucking Budokan Hall as well, and it's sold out Budokan Hall. So like, that's fucking awesome. And it's Kenny Omega, Kota I mean that that is going to be an awesome show. That is a can't miss this entire turn. Don't
0: forget the hipster choice for best wrestler in the G1, Toru Yano. As- <laughs> Get he a hell
2: of a performance this morning, though. I'm going to talk about it in a bit. I, I really liked what he did this morning, but we'll talk.
0: Yeah, bit, you know, he's 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 always fun.
2: Yes, he's fine. And then the A block. We just
0: leave it at that, though. Nice.
2: He's he's the greatest like, wrestler of all time, Joe.
0: Why do we have to go so far with it?
2: Imagine like, that Kenny Omega is good when Yano exists. Like you know, just
0: yeah. I mean, why do we have to always take it to these extremes? Every he's year fun. Too.
2: I love it. It's it's not it's a year it's, we it's, do this. It's a yearly ritual. Like five, five years running now. Like hey, yeah, Toruiano, he's the best. <laughs> like okay,
0: it's fine. Rich, if he wasn't if he wasn't in this thing next year, I'm not sure I'd notice unless someone no. mentioned it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's like he's fun. You know, it, it, we can just say that he's fun, and look, he's had two or three matches here that I've liked. Could I live without him, Rich?
2: Easily, a heartbeat. Yeah, easily
0: can live without him. Like, give me a fucking break. But anyway, and then uh, the A Block final show is uh, Tanahashi, Okada, and Jay White and Evil. Like we talked about, Togi Makabe versus Mike Elgin, Yoshihashi versus Hangman Page, and Bad Luck Fale versus Minoru Suzuki. That looks like uh, not a very good show. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I'm gonna probably skip the old file over to uh, Tanahashi, Okada, and probably uh. I mean, of so course, I watch the White and Evil, but then probably zoom over to uh, <laughs> Tomohashi Nokata and, and then probably not going to be watching that Bad like Folly Minor Suzuki match. Sorry, guys.
0: But. The young Bucks and Marty Skrull join the tour in Budokan, and then the third night, Rey Mysterio Jr. takes on the mystery opponent as he jumps onto onto the tour too on the final night. So that's the tenth, the eleventh, and the twelfth. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday's obviously sold out. Saturday's sold out. Friday is struggling. That kind of follows the same pattern that would happen in Sumo. Third night would always sell out. Uh, second night would come very close to selling out most of the time. I don't know if it ever did. And the first night would always come in the lowest. I think there's a lot of people who go to multiple shows and it going to all three is really asking a lot. Yeah. So I think three. that's where the difference comes in.
2: And geez, so, if you're going to pick two shows, I mean, you're probably going to, I mean, it's obvious which two you're going to pick there. And it's definitely not that. In so. this year's
0: case, but, you know, I talked about this on the G1 review I did today. I really don't think it matters. I think the the first show is always going to struggle when you have three in a row like this. Sure. Until the company gets super, super hot and it's not going to matter. You know what I mean? They're not at that point where they're just where everything is a can't miss ticket. Where they are right now, I think that first show, I think even if you had flip flopped them. I think you'd see the same pattern. Okay. That, that I think sense. it would, yeah. I think it would sell a few more tickets because of the Omega Ibushi thing. So it may have been smarter to put that show first, which is the opposite of what I said on the other show, but that's the pay show. There's like a 10% of the people that are listening to this one, listening to that. And they already know I'm a dope because they're paying to hear me. But uh, I think that if you flip flop them, you may have sold a few more tickets because of the Omega Abushi factor. Cause we've seen Tanahashi Okada a billion times, but uh, I, I, My gut is that first night is always going to struggle. I mean, I think people are buying tickets to the other two, and because it's the same pattern, Sumo Hall would have, you know, every year when they when they run the three straight nights. But uh, so anyway, those are the two shows, and then the final, and then um, you know the final night. Of course, we only know that it's A Block versus B Block, and Rey Mysterio Jr. versus a mystery opponent. I think there's a good chance, or at least a chance, because it's going to happen at some point do you think they'll do the gorillas of destiny versus young bucks title match on that show? Or do you think they'll Uh, wait?
2: I think they're going to wait on that one. I think that comes in a little bit. I think they're built. It's
0: coming. It has to be coming.
2: Oh, it's coming for sure. I mean, yeah, after, after the show this morning that it's coming soon. I I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be this show, but I think it's, 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 it's certainly coming soon. Um, I think it would be a little too early to do. I mean, I don't know. I guess if those guys are eliminated, you could do it, and it's it's hot right now, but I think that's one that they probably build towards um, a little bit later. I mean, that, that could be like a big-time, I mean, for better for worse, could be a big-time match on just some random fall show, you know what I mean, like a destruction be a or something a semi on one right. of the uh,
0: destructions or something. Now, do you, do you think, uh, you know, the way I see it, after the angle in Long Beach uh, or wherever that show was, San Francisco, the angle in San Francisco and, you know, what happened on today's show, It seemed to me like we're going to get a Tamatanga-Kenny Omega match. Some people disagree. Some people agree. Where do you stand on that? It seems to me they're building, I think, probably on one of the USA, maybe the next Long Beach show or something.
2: Right. I think they're going to. I don't think they should, really, because I don't think Tamatanga has done anything to earn. You know, In sort of a kayfabe standpoint, I don't think he's done anything to earn a title. Uh, shot, but it's going to be something where Kenny Omega is going to say, "Hey, look, you know, we we have to, you know, we have to fight." It's more of a rivalry fight than a title fight. So I don't know. Maybe they even kayfabe it and not have it for the title. They just have it be a, a grudge match or whatever. But I think it's happening no matter what. I mean, it's definitely happening pretty soon, and hopefully, yeah, I uh, think
0: they're having a match. I yeah. I, I, I agree.
2: Now, I mean, that can't it can't be all that it will. I mean, after especially if you if, if you watch this morning show, which we'll talk about it here in a sec. I mean, there, that was boiling over at that point. Like, there's no way they just end the G one and that doesn't happen. You know, like, or they do the tag match and it's just over. There's no way. I mean. This was boiling and it, it is a big deal. So it's it's certainly going to be something. Especially yeah, you mentioned San Francisco was such a big moment and such a big angle as well. It's it, it's certainly happening one of those.
0: I think Ishi's getting the title shot. And I don't think Yano is getting one. I've seen people no, say
2: god no. No.
0: You can't do a Yano title match. I mean, that's you just can't do it. I know we beat him up a lot, but you cannot do a Yano title <laughs> no. match. You can't. Um so Yeah. And then a lot of, you know, obviously, if Abushi is playing the role of spoiler, if Naito beats Zack Sabre Jr., and then Abushi with nothing to play for beats Omega to spoil him and push Naito to the final, you know, I think Abushi Omega would be a perfect king of pro wrestling main event. Um, if they come back real, you know, do, do you think that's a good idea to come back with that match in November? or whatever? Yeah, I mean, going?
2: it seems a little early, but with that, I mean, they, we, we've, we knew even last year when they were rumbling about it at, at Wrestle Kingdom that those guys want to be on. If they're going to have a, a big time main event match, they're going to be the two dudes. It's going to be a big moment. It's going to be the main event of some show. I guess King of Pro Wrestling would be a good opportunity for it. It just seems too early, but I guess it's November. That's plenty of time to do it. I I don't know, that seems to me like such a big, big, you know, fun story that you'd want to kind of build it up even a little bit more than that. But you might not want to waste too much time on it, depending on, you know, Kenny's contract status and I'm not saying he's definitely going to WWE but you know that that you know just in case if you wanted to do it you know strike while the iron's hot and do it now and Kota Kotobushi you never know like one day what he gets a bug up his ass and decides he's going to go do something else like so you don't want to wait too long on that Whereas some guys I think you have the patience for like a Naito you can let the story kind of play out a little bit with him Ibushi and Omega you, I don't know that you necessarily can I don't know if you have the luxury of waiting all that long so so maybe King of Wrestling is a good opportunity it seems too early but it seems like about time for, for that to happen and and I'm very interested in that scenario too we, we talked a little bit about about the a block and okada you know being in in his weird position i love the idea of abushi having to play spoiler as well of, of him saying you know or it, i don't know if it's kenny omega saying hey lay down you know hey let, let you know let me beat you and abushi saying no no no, like i fight too much but there there was always those rumblings of coda with lij like i'm not i don't think he's gonna actually join the unit or whatnot but there was those about what was it a few months ago where he was doing like weird stuff where he was kind of saying you know he was he was doing tranquilo stuff and his tweets and it was kind of saying you know alluding to a little bit of of lij stuff and i don't know if that was just a bushy kind of fucking around on his own or if there was some you know uh point to it but yeah that'd be kind of cool too to see some weird thing where kenny has to wonder if, if he's sort of towing that line or whatnot so i think there's a lot of stuff you can do with that as the spoiler roll uh getting naito into the finals but uh yeah i don't know it, it'll be really interesting to see king crossing seems soon but it probably isn't when you really look at it when you look at their calendar it's, it, it probably is not
0: rich who's the Champion?
2: Oh, boy. Why, why am I blanking on that? I don't know. No, no, no. I,
0: I knew you were going to blank on it. He's <laughs> not asking. I don't know. It's Chris Jericho.
2: Oh, that's right. It's Chris and Jericho. I should have known that. That's really bad that I didn't know that.
0: I think that a lot of people, when I asked you that, were probably like, who the fuck is the Intercontinental Champion? <laughs> and it's like, you forget that he won that thing, Yeah. and that he's still bringing it on his fucking boat, and doing whatever the fuck and you know, you got to work him in on one of these big shows too. So I, I, you know, it's people kind of, it's easy to forget case in point that this man is the Intercontinental champion, but Chris Jericho still in the mix, you know, and there's always a possibility. I will know. Hey, what's he doing on Saturday? Does he show up in Budokan hall? and fucking start his next feud.
2: That's true. let me see no. the fuzzy tour schedule. Let's see what we're doing here with. Fozzy. With
0: all eyes on the company, he tends to show up at these big shows and 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 uh cause some dust-ups. So, you know, and he is Ooh. the Intercontinental Champion.
2: Uh, going to be a little little tricky here. Uh yeah, he's in Belgium, so I, don't, I think I'm going to be tricky for him.
0: What about on the video screen?
2: I guess you're right. Yeah, he could show up on the video screen for sure, but yeah, he's in uh He's in Belgium right now, so that's... uh, And then he's going to England on the uh, the next day, so yeah, it'd be a little, a little tricky for him to do a layover in uh, Japan, but yeah, he could be on the video screen for sure.
0: Yeah, so those are the three shows coming up. Let's talk about what happened. The show today, and we're recording on Wednesday, we're talking about Night 16. I called this on the G1 review maybe the best top-to-bottom night of the entire tour, <sighs> even though it didn't have...
2: That was going to be my hottest take. I love this well, show. You-
0: this show was awesome. <laughs> well, here's the thing. People have heard me talk about it, so... The floor is yours. Talk about this show.
2: Yeah, I think, and and I shouldn't have maybe liked this show as much because it was a lot of like interference. It was a lot of angle stuff, like, but it was done perfectly. Like, it, this is what I've been wanting for almost this entire tour. So, uh, an angle that really feels like it's meaningful. I felt like during a lot of the, the 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 middle times, and we and we mentioned it last week of why they're doing it. But you're the tenth time you see Tomatonga and Tagaloa run in or whatever. You're like, okay, whatever. But that's not for us. That's for the live audience to kind of build them up to this. That that you know that moment or whatever and this felt like that moment this felt like the payoff for all that we've seen because for people that didn't see this, there was kind of a Paul Heyman esque thing. We had a, a match bleed into another match here with Tonga defeating Kodabushi during with Nefarious Means. He came out from the crowd and beat him up, and they had a bunch of interference and stuff, but it was done really well. It was Kodabushi fighting these guys off, the crowd knowing that these dudes were trying to fuck around with him, and Koda being like kind of the valiant guy, but then just finally getting chopped down by by the numbers. And I thought that was, it was done well. It was like the first time that all this interference stuff, I didn't groan because I thought Kodabushi fought him off pretty well. And I thought it was just done perfectly. So you have Kodabushi laid out. Uh, Tamatong has beating him up. Kenny Omega comes out and they start laying out Kenny Omega and, and beating him up. And then, in an awesome angle as well, Torriano sprints out, knowing, fuck, I got an opportunity to win this thing here because this dude's knocked out or whatever. Something that was really cool too, because then Kenny Omega uh, Torriano immediately tries to roll off Kenny Omega and get the win. So they kind of did the thing where the two angles bleed into each other with almost no time. Uh, between. I thought that was a really fun way to do it, and a really cool uh, way to present that that thing, but I felt like this was the first one that had real circumstance, the Tomatonga thing. It felt like it had meaning for the first time, and it felt like we're really building towards something versus just a mundane Tomatonga beating you know, some random guy up, and it makes sense. It's Kota Bushi. He's rivals, or he's you know tag partners with Kenny Omega, so that's, of course, why it would have a little bit more meaning, but I thought this was even better than, than the Tomatonga kenny Omega match from uh, whatever night that was. I thought this one really felt impactful, really felt like these dudes were invaders, and these dudes are really fucking things up and that the, the Golden Lovers are, are, are going to try to stop them and team up and, and, and try to prevent them uh, from doing what they're doing. So I, I really like that one a lot. So that was a really fun, uh, sh- uh, you know, sort of angle and two matches kind of bleeding into each other. And then elsewhere on the card, too, I mean, you have Ishii and Juice Robinson, which I thought fucking rocked. Like, that match is not getting a lot of praise. And, and maybe it is. I don't, I don't know. But I haven't seen a lot of circles, but I thought that match was awesome. It's like I, I'm teetering between Abushi and Ishii as my MVP, and I think I might have to give it to Ishii because, like, this this match in particular, it's just like, dude, he's just in there, a random match with Juice Robinson, neither man is, is in, in block play anymore, neither man's going to win this tournament, neither man has any stakes, but they just go out there and try to kill themselves, you know, someone who she does everything he can to entertain and have a great match and win the match and stuff, so it's just awesome to see that. Zack Sabre Jr. or Hoki Goto was fast, but it was meaningful, you know what I mean, like, Zack Sabre Jr. looked like a million bucks in that match, and that's all you want out of a match is... It's to either be a really good match or it's to feel like it meant something, to feel like you saw something, feel like you didn't waste your time. And I didn't hear it. it wasn't you know a great match, but Zack Sabre Jr. looked like a million bucks in defeating Goto, so I thought that was great. And then Naito Sonata felt very impactful as well. You have the Lij exploding and and and, and Naito really trying to beat you know Sonata and Sonata working his ass off, and I thought that match started a little slow, got a little slow in in, in parts, but then I thought towards the end got really good. And Sonata doing Hope spots and Sonata doing the Destino, and really you know the crowd rallying behind Sonata gives you kind of a peek into what we've always said, were the long-term play is Sonata as, you know, your big-time baby face, a big-time, you know, star in the company. So that was really cool to see those two. And I thought they had a really, really good match as well. But from top to bottom, I mean, there was not a single one of these block play matches that wasn't really good, <laughs> you know, like every single one delivered uh, at some level for me. And even if the matches weren't quote-unquote good, like a Yano Omega, I thought that was done pretty well. And I thought Tomatonga and Kotabushi was a good match with good angles involved in it too. So I thought from top to bottom, uh, really good show. Probably the best because I, I, I've i been skipping or I wish I would have skipped uh, matches on other shows. This one, I'm glad I watched the top to bottom. Everything delivered.
0: Yeah, the Heyman special was great. I mean, I know you alluded to it and I knew we would have the same train of thought there. But the Heyman special that led from what was I thought the best Tamatanga match by far in the tournament with Ibushi. that's what's
2: so disappointing about Tamatanga. is he can go and you know he can you know that's the part it's like dude you 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 could be good like you can do all the bullshit in this match he did all the bullshit but in between the bullshit go out there and work your ass off do some good stuff do some stuff and this was it I felt like he wanted to win this match whereas other matches I didn't feel like he wanted to win he just wanted to and, it,
0: and it wasn't just a, a a cheap DQ finish for this match. Um, You had the Omega run-in, which blew the roof off the place. It was a great match before the shenanigans started, and then you got an actual finish. I went four and a quarter on it. I thought it was uh, pretty great, the whole thing, all things considered, the balcony dive, everything
2: else. Then it bleeds right into... The balcony the dive. I love, I, I love him high fiving a guy and then flipping. Like, yeah. a like what an yeah. idiot. Like, why would you do that? Like, focus on flipping off the barricade first. You know, focus on the moonsault that you're about to do. But, you know, high five, slap some hands as he's on his way out and then does, you know, does a well, think about
0: The balcony yeah. dive. Now, I, I, it's like the balcony dive, when you really think about it, is really fucking stupid because Tamatanga just has to stand there for an eternity. <laughs> right, with yeah. the young Lions. And while Koto Ibushi is running upstairs or going up elevators or doing whatever the fuck, then he gets up there and he's posturing and he does this moonsault. But sometimes, Rich, sometimes you just want to see cool shit.
2: (laughs) Right. And you want to suspend disbelief.
0: And it doesn't (laughs) fucking matter how stupid it is. And this was one of those situations where it just works. There's times where we all put on our critic hat and go, well, the psychology of this move didn't really matter. And then there's times where you just want to see cool shit. And there's nothing wrong with that. And this is one of those scenarios where just he dives off these fucking balconies. If you can't get into that and enjoy that, I I don't know anymore. I don't know. You know, so I thought that was great. It bled right in. They did the Heyman special. It bled in. Kenny took the beat down. So Yano tried to blitz him. So that all worked. And, you know, Kenny has the built-in excuse that, he was weakened from saving his pal, you know, to the losing Tiano, which we all expected would happen, because otherwise it would have eliminated Naito even before he wrestled Sonata. And then, oh by the way, Naito and Sonata go out there and have a killer main event. Yeah. So, and the two matches you talked about that opened, I thought were awesome fucking matches. Where again, by the way, the two champions lost, and they're guaranteed both to have losing records. How about that? Yeah. Two title holders guaranteed to have losing records
2: man the, the, the goto ones caught me by surprise the juice one i think was it made sense because they did the thing with it with his hand and whatnot so you can you can you get the idea that okay well he lost because his hand he's a little goto just fucking lost you know what i mean and that was like yeah. people gave me so much shit and rightfully so i gave myself shit when i did my pick and i had goto with like four points people were like oh no, he's a champion i was like you're right he's probably gonna have more than that and then he fucking doesn't goto's before <laughs> goto man and, and goto and juice will face each
0: other and remember they have history yeah right is the guy who helped elevate Juice with those progressively uh progressive you know matches where Juice would come closer and closer to beating them. So that's going to be a great match the final night, but both are guaranteed a losing record. And this, see, Ishii beating Juice, I mean, it continues to tell me Ishii's getting a title shot. He didn't need to win that. You know what I mean? Well, why would Ishii need to win that match? You know, I think they want to keep Ishi strong. So um, you know, we'll see if he beats Sonata. On the final night. I think that's an interesting match with an interesting outcome. Usually they don't really give a shit how many points Ishii scores. That you know, he's winning matches that he doesn't need to win after beating Kenny. So
2: yeah.
0: Um so anyway, yeah, I thought this was the, the 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 most entertaining night start to finish, even though it didn't have a match that I would call like a classic match or one of the best matches of the tournament or anything like that. Just a hell of a show to watch. So uh earlier in the week, of course, we have to talk about Ishii versus Omega. Um, you know, I gave it five stars. A lot of people gave it five stars. To me, it was one of those no-brainer five-star matches. I finished watching the match, and I'm just like, that's a fucking, that's a five-star match. What did you think of it? Because I haven't heard you talk about it.
2: I'm a little under uh, on the five star. I really did enjoy it. I'm probably four and three quarter. It's not a five-star fear thing. I just, I don't know so that hate I. It. I hate it. The match fucking sucked, and there's a lot of issues and a lot. Of the leapfrog, uh, Kenny's shoulders being up at the end just absolutely killed the match for me. So I just, I, I buried it. Uh, you know, somewhere between a dud and four and three quarters, somewhere in there. I haven't quite figured out yeah. exactly where yet. But no, I mean it was it was fantastic. It was really good. Not my favorite match of the tournament. I think that's still a bushi and ishii, but man, this match is is, is right up there. And I, I'm using four and a quarter pretty, you know. That that's a very very good match, you know. If people don't get your sarcasm. I that means I don't hate it. I really do like it. I just think maybe a step below some of the stuff that I've seen uh, so far, and maybe a step below uh, the Ibushi Ishii, which I thought was an easy five star for me. So just slightly under that. But man, those dudes went out there and killed it. And, and I had no doubt. I mean, those guys always deliver uh, in big spots. But yeah, it was it was a spectacular match with a few like really minor minor issues. But those things don't really matter. I just don't think it reached the. It didn't elevate to the level that I quite wanted it to, which is kind of nuts considering what they what they did on it but no i mean still a fantastic match definitely one of the better better matches of the tournament and we'll we'll undoubtedly be in my top five once once it's all done
0: if you want to nitpick it, there's two spots to nitpick and i reviewed this match with john carroll because uh, they came on that review with me on the uh, subscription side so if you want to hear detail go listen to that but there's two things if you really wanted to nitpick number one There was a powerbomb spot early in the match where Ishii had Omega up in a powerbomb position. They tumbled into the ropes and Ishii kind of lost them a little. But the reason I didn't mind that was because Omega escaped anyway. Do do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If if Ishii, if they would have regained their balance and if Omega would have propped himself back on Ishii's shoulders and they would have went through with the powerbomb, then it's like a, a little bit of a suspension, a suspension breaker there because you have a guy helping the other guy hurt him. But because the idea was that Omega was going to escape anyway, and he did, it kind of worked because it just looked like Omega caused him to lose his balance and then slipped off. Anyway, that was the first minor gripe if you really want to nitpick. But for me, for my thing is when you have minor botches like that, if they end up playing into the story you're telling anyway, with the spot, I don't mind them, you know? And the idea was Omega was going to escape that move anyway. I didn't
2: didn't, didn't hate that one as much. I saw some people, but I said, those two dudes are really good at making it seem like that was just as natural as can be. And and that and and they made it feel very, very natural and very normal. So, yeah, I didn't that one didn't bother me all that much.
0: And the other one, of course, was Omega's shoulder was up at the end.
2: Oh, now, you, I thought you were going to say the leapfrog at the beginning of the match. That was one, too, that, like, they both kind of froze. I think, I forgot who, I think Omega was trying to jump over Ishii or or vice versa, and they just, like, kind of almost did contact with each other and then looked at each other real quickly and were like, ah, okay, and they got it right back. Like, it didn't matter. It was, like, 10 seconds, but it was, like, one of those weird things where you're just like, oh no, like, come
0: on. When a match is that fucking great, I could overlook that leapfrog. Song. Oh, for sure. No, no, no.
2: And, and that's, I'm the same way as well, but yeah, it's one of those, no, ones just yeah, like, no, yeah, darn. But, like, damn, it's like, it just takes you out for two seconds and then they go right back. Cause they're yeah. so good at it, but you're like, Oh, dog, damn it. So, okay. That's fine. It's fine. But again, if that's okay. why
0: you want to be my guest, right, but right,
2: right. Omega's shoulder being up, Ooh. I could see that really bothering me. I really wanted it to not bother me. And then I, I rewound and I was like, all right, well, Red Shoes didn't see it because the way he was angled, or maybe Kenny is doing it because he's trying to kind of keep his heat or something, <laughs> whatever it was. I really thought because I was kind of listening with the sound down too. I thought that maybe Red Shoes was going to say, no, 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 you know, you got to get him one more time. And then Ishii would have to go and hit him with, like, that was the planned spot that, that Omega would sort of roll out of. It, and then Ishii would have to do one more thing. And then when I just saw Ishii celebrate and the, and the crowd go nuts and the crowd shot, I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, it just it shouldn't have annoyed me. It's dumb. I shouldn't care, but I. I kind of did though. Just a little bit.
0: Yeah. I'm of the, uh, I believe, cause I talked about this match with on Twitter with Alan and Rob Naylor and Mo Chatra, the old school of the, uh, you know, um, the grizzled
2: vets of the, uh, the grizzled vets discourse. Yeah.
0: I believe Alan was of the belief that it bothered him. It did. And I, be- and I believe I am of the Rob Naylor school of thought of, yeah, I saw it, but I didn't give a fuck. Like it was, what I just saw was so great that, um, I would overlook it. Now, Naylor would never say fuck. That's, that's all Joe Lanza. But, uh, but you know, it, it's like I'm of that school of thought. What I just saw was so great. I noticed it. I'm not going to say I didn't notice it because I did. And I even brought it up when I reviewed the match with John. But I don't know. It just, look, what I saw was so great that it didn't, I was, I don't know. I guess just in this case, I was able to overlook it. Now, John preferred Naito Bushi. From the same show. What did you think of Naito Ibushi. The main event. Which is kind of getting a little overlooked. Because yeah. of how great Ishii Omega was.
2: Yeah I, I think I'd probably put it maybe a little under. um A little under the, the, the Ishii Omega. But not far under. I really like that one too. And really when you think about it. Which which is nuts. This is probably. Like, like Ishii Omega. You, you know those two guys. You know what they do in the ring. I, I think I was more. There was more like crazy spots in Ibushi Naito, right? Like there was more, oh my God, I can't believe they just did that. Or, oh my God, these guys are going to die. Whereas like normally Ishii Omega, you're thinking, oh my God, one of these guys is going to die. Ishii's chopping people in the neck. Omega's landing on his head. Ishii's doing that. Like there was way more of that on the in the Ibushi Naito, and that caught me by surprise. I think I liked Ishii Omega a little bit more, probably because I'm invested a little bit more in those two, and invested in, as you say, big time ish when in the you know when in the when in that match or whatever, because that was awesome. That was still a great moment, regardless of the shoulders being up. And that's you know I knew I, I had it in my my mind that he was going to win that match, or he's probably going to win, and I watched it unspoiled, thankfully. And that made it fun saying, okay, man, is he going to do it? I can't wait to do it because you know the crowd just rallies so much behind Ishii. So that had a different element, and I think that's. Why I prefer that match because there was a little bit more of that crowd element because I was more personally invested in in Ishi you know winning that match or whatnot but man it's like a straight match Abushi and Naito fucking rocked like that was so good I just maybe didn't have as much of an, an emotional investment in it so that's probably why I went about four and a half or whatnot but man it is it is right up there it's it's in the tail end of my top five. And I don't know, it might be one that I have to rewatch to kind of know if I'm going to put it in that top five because it was really good. And like you said, it's getting overshadowed, you know, unfairly because, man, on any other night, this would have stood out as as a runaway match of the night and be one of the best matches of the entire tournament. But it just unfortunately got overshadowed by the semi-main.
0: When John talked about it, they pointed out all of the callbacks to the Sapporo match last year, which as they were talking through that, I was like, yeah, like I... None of those things registered with me watching it live, but they did when they were talked through to me. Yeah. So there's that aspect too. And and
2: and 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 John, you know they're they're really good, you know devoted Naito fans. Yes. And and that I think helps a lot. I mean that That does help. Well, we said we've you know,
0: talked I, about this recently. The more invested you are in a rush wrestling... right.
2: and, and that's and that's exactly what it is. And that's not, I'm not nitpicking anything that John said. I'm just saying that me personally, I'm going to be more invested in Ishii winning and 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 I might let those callbacks go. But if you are a devoted Naito fan and really into the, everything about Tetsuya Naito and I get it, he, he's awesome. I mean, he's one of my, you know, he's probably my, you know, third place in my MVP of this entire G1. But if if you are more invested in those sort of matches and, and those sort of callbacks are going to speak to yes. you more than they're going to speak to me. And that's yes. fine. That's the, the great thing about for wrestling is that those callbacks, John will be able to remember those callbacks. Yes. Whereas maybe I didn't, but when they explain it, it's like, oh yeah, the, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. And that might give me an extra appreciation for it. Whereas they have a more of an appreciation for it in the moment as it's going on. So that's, that's, what's awesome about it. And that's why it's good that they were able to bring John on uh, to the podcast to, to, to sort of give their thoughts, which is really cool.
0: There was a sequence in this match that was disgusting Naito went for a top rope pile driver. Okay. And then, um, no, no, it was Abushi that went for the top. And then there was the, uh, the, the, they tried to do the reverse rana to Abushi, but Abushi landed on his feet. Right. And then Naito came off the turnbuckle and Abushi killed him with a lariat. I mean, that whole sequence was just disgusting. And that was not the only one. There was a bunch of sequences like that in that match. So, and, and then, then look. You want to talk about Max getting overlooked? The Zack Saber Junior. Juice Robinson match from that oh, same
2: show. dude, I love that match.
0: <laughs> but again, it's like that show may have had higher end matches than today's show, but you had the trash in the beginning with yeah. you know Sonata Yano was a nothing match, and it was a Tonga fucking nothing match with GoTo. So that's why today I thought top to bottom was my favorite show of the tournament, even if it didn't have the super high end stuff. And then, uh. I guess there was one other show during the week. Now, the Tanahashi-Elgin match, I don't know if you saw it or if you remember much about it, but they were on their way to a great match until they kind of had a slight, again, a slight botch at the finish where Tanahashi's going for like a a schoolboy or whatever, but Elgin was slightly out of place, and he had to kind (laughs) of reach for him until Elgin kind of scooted himself back and then Tanahashi. So, you know, I still went four and a quarter on it, but that was an example. See, maybe I'm being a hypocrite that finish hurt the match for me because of how awkward it looked and how it took me out of it for a second. Whereas Omega's shoulder being up didn't take me out of it at all and didn't hurt the match. So who the hell knows with these things? You know, It's just how we feel in the moment. So I thought that was worthy of bringing up. And then I thought Okada and Evil had a really good match. It looked like it was going to be another boring Evil match. I've been picking on Evil in this tournament because I think he's had a nothing tournament. Well, he's
2: had a, a terrible tournament, so you should pick on him. It's, it's, he, this has been a great opportunity for him to step up in a block that not a lot of people are really doing a ton of yeah. work on And but, and he hasn't really done much. So
0: he hasn't been, and it looked like we were going that direction again, but they had a really hot closing stretch that saved the match. And um, you know, so I, I went four and a quarter on that one too, but that's the last few nights of the G one uh, we've got you all set up. For the final three nights, if you're having trouble understanding who's going to advance, I don't know what to tell you. You're just really bad at math because he's a really pretty simple. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, you, I think you we know,
2: did. I know, think just, we did a good job of laying it out. So, uh, yeah, I, I yes. think as, as good of uh, opportunities we're going to lay out. But Joe, prediction time now gun to your head. Who, who do you ah, have out of the block? Who do you have out of the B block? But I think what's what's fun about this, and this is why I don't really want to give a prediction, is that I really have no feel for it. There is you can either. convince me, and this is how it was last week too, and that's a that's a testament to this is that you can convince me of all three guys on each side, and I will believe you, and and I'll say, oh, you know what, you're right, Jay White is definitely like just a little bit earlier when I was mentioning it, I I was convinced in my head, you know, that's what they're gonna do, the Jay White scenario, but you could just as easily convince me Okada and you could just as easily convince me of Roshi Tanahashi. Like you can convince me of every single one of these six guys. And I think that's, what's awesome about it. And like, that's, I was jokingly asked for your prediction because I don't know, we don't know. Like we could, we could say whoever, but who gives a shit? Like, it's not going to matter. It's what they're going to, you know, end up doing like you and I have no insights, no idea. And there's not really any one story or one obvious path that they're going to go on where we can say ah you know right here right now because we're smarter than you or i'm going to say jay white and naito like i don't know it could be abushi and jay white it could be abushi and tan i i have no read on it and that's great i don't want to read on it i want to go into these shows going i have no idea wow me let, let, let's see what happens and that's really cool
0: i agree um i'll give you the one i want i want kota abushi versus hiroshi tanahashi Do I think I'm getting that? No. I think we're getting Naito Jay White. How about that?
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, that that makes the. I'm kind of convincing myself a little bit more of the Jay White one just because I think that's a really good story to tell. Um, Uh, Here's the thing. Yeah. I think
0: there's only one person out of the six who can't win, and that's Omega. I think any of the other five could win the whole fucking thing.
2: Sure. And you could do like, if you really wanted to convince me of an Omega thing, I could listen to it, but the way that he's been kind of booked over the last three nights, I, I I'm less, you know, if he had, and, and it makes it, oh, of course, if he had won any of them, then you know, of course he is going to, but like the way that he lost the, the different stuff. I don't know. I, um,
0: there's two finals. You're not getting either. You're yeah. not getting Omega Okada. No, and you're not getting night to Okada. You're not getting either of those finals. right?
2: Just about anything else. I think you could do
0: anything else you can get. And, and I don't think Omega can win, but other than those qualifiers, anything you pick is reasonable.
2: Yeah. And I think it's just as possible that Omega does, you know, it, it's possible he makes it to the finals. He might not win. Sure. You know, he might not win the whole G one. That's, that's maybe a bridge too far, but he could get to the finals and lose. He
0: could, he'd be my third choice out of that block, but, but he could, I mean, there's yeah. no reason. Yeah. I, I definitely he could. Um,
2: you let's get let's, White do, to make let's do like kind of a betting. So if you had if you had skin in the game, Joe, uh, yeah. you, you're good at the odds. You know, you're not a degenerate gambler at all, or you, you it didn't used to be at all. So you don't know anything about making odds. But if you were to be a former degenerate gambler that knew how to make odds, uh, your odds for Jay White coming out of the A block?
0: I think the A block, I'd have everyone pretty close to even. Um, I'd have Naito the overall favorite to win the whole thing. At about minus two hundred. Okay. Which just shows you how unpredictable I think it all is.
2: Yeah, it's some good There's money. No to be overwhelming made. favorite <laughs> could at all. Good money to be made by doing that. We should, should run this. This would be pretty good. And then yeah. It's like- <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want to start running numbers now? I too? think we should.
2: Yeah, that might not be a bad idea. Because I'm all about it. You know? Yeah, this, this website. I got we grass did to pay for it. Yeah, we did, we did it. Yeah, you got grass. I got you know, I got stuff. Yeah, let's, let's kick an ass to the website to start running an underground uh, betting. Third hour is just the betting hour. No one listens. There's no sponsors. Are we going to go on the third hour? Definitely.
0: I think the longest odds to win the whole thing, I'd have Omega like plus 500. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the A block... I mean, just to advance to the final, I think they'd all be pretty close to even, but I, I I think I'd have Jay White as a very slight favorite. Maybe I'd have Jay White like minus 120 and the other two like even money. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think Naito would be the smart bet to win the entire tournament.
2: Yeah. If, if I had to make a prediction, I would say Naito uh, and Jay White is where I'm at right now. Uh, With it, I think that's probably just the best story. I guess, you know, you could do chalk and have Okada, but I don't know. I, I like the story as I'm kind of building up more and more. I really hope he doesn't win. The block yeah. and he doesn't win this because that that's kind of a boring story. If he's just kind of back already. Like I know that's what I predicted for the G one pick him because I'm fine with you know that coming back. I'm like three hundred. It doesn't matter anyway. I have a copy of the book anyway. I don't need to win this tournament, but you know, <laughs> but but you know, hey, for pride. But no, I'm not winning this at all. But like you know, I made that because I thought that'd be kind of the chalk bet. But you know, if I, if I'm thinking and and, and sort of predicting and, and guessing, there's a few different ways I go. I think the the final that I want sort of what you said is like jay white knight too i think that's really fun there's a lot of cool stuff that happens because it forces okada to lose and 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 that would be a good idea or it forces okada to have some weird stuff and it also forces kenny and abushi to have their attention and whatnot so so that's like the best scenario possible is if night and, and and white come in then other shit has happened underneath that is that is more fun whereas if any of the other scenarios happen not enough of that fun shit has happened you know what i mean like if, yeah. if kenny wins the block it's just like oh then he just you know Maybe they have a draw and that's cool, but like, where do you go from there? You know, there's not much fun. I love the idea of tension with those two dudes. Like, it sucks because they're a yeah. great team, but I love the idea that a Looks at it and goes, you know, no, I'm I'm gonna beat you because I'm a competitor, and that's, that's what I love about the G1. No, I'm gonna fucking win the G1. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm gonna try to beat you. Like, of course, even if I even if I don't have a chance to win the actual block, I want to beat you. There's pride at, at, at stake here, and that's one of the things that, that I love about the G1. And one of the things that I've hated about Tomita time time this entire tournament is I love the idea that everybody goes in there every single night to win, and that's really cool. So yeah, the best scenario possible, I think, is that Jay White and Naito do it, and that's probably the most likely scenario. But I'm maybe convincing myself because that's what I want to see. But I yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with you on that.
0: Very quickly, we have to talk about this before we talk about Evolve. Tamatanga and Jay White could be in a little bit of trouble.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Good idea. So also Togi um, Makabe. Poor Togi Makabe gets sidestepped. I, I missed that. They, uh, they, they're banning uh, English uh, swear, uh, swear words in New Japan.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, on the heels of Tamatanga. Yes,
2: yes. So they've said, oh, English language, you can't cover up you know, what you're doing by swearing in English, which poor Togi is, you is know, 10 years deep doing that. You know, like, yeah, he's, he's, well, he's I mean, it's here. become
0: a concern. Tamatanga, they're not happy with a lot of things that have been going on with Tamatanga. The video where he littered in jest, because clearly he was in character when he littered in that video. Yeah, but littering is a very big deal in Japan, supposedly, and uh, it was an embarrassment for the company. They're very concerned, and about they're very concerned about the promos that Tonga Loa is cutting in the ring. Those promos he cuts when he introduces Tamatanga and Babak Fale, and they're very concerned with Tamatanga's uh, social media comments and presence. I think that's about as far as we can go with this, but it, it it's something that they are paying attention to and they're concerned with. And obviously they, there was a drastic policy change that Rich just talked about also told that they are looking into the Jay white incident where he grabbed the backstage worker, uh, after his promo, his backstage promo. So there's a lot going on with the behavior of the wrestlers that, is concerning to the office. So that's something worth keeping an eye on. And I didn't even see the bit where they, where they banned the English profanity.
2: Yeah, let me, let me make sure that is a, a thing. I thought I read that earlier. Maybe it was just in my head. That I came up with it, but I thought I saw that from somewhere. Let me, let me, uh, let me make sure I can uh, confirm that. I think it was a uh, one of the old scoop sites, but I think they got it from someone else. Let, let me confirm that before, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been uh, and and we've gotten the reports that we've gotten have been from numerous people and also people that, no reason to believe that they're, you know, playing up a, a gimmick or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like there's inside no reason the Yeah. Inside, no the inside the company that are being told to do stuff to kind of expedite or help out the situation going on. So yeah, it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's obviously not something that is just being, um, you know, it's just being done for an angle or whatnot. It's, it's, it's a serious thing that's, that's happening there. And and it makes sense. If you're going to continue to grow in English language, like guys have been able to get away with just sort of saying shit in English and, and doing stuff. But now if everything is going to be on YouTube, if everything's going to be consumed by English-level fans, then you have to remember that there are people watching this, that, you know, you know, fuck this guy. You can't, you know, saying shit like that just on a normal promo or, you know, this fucking guy or, you know, making, alluding to shooting guns. I mean, there's stuff that you're now going to have to be a little bit more mindful of. And Harold May or whatever is looking at global expansion. This is, that's his job. That's the reason you hire. Uh, you know, Harold May to become the president. So when he looks at this and, and sees all that's going on, like it's not just Japan anymore. You can't get away with. With covering stuff up by, by doing it in English and having people sort of laugh because they're, they're you know either they know what you're saying and they think... it But yeah, it, it, if you're trying to get global expansion, you're trying to get into new audiences and stuff, this sort of stuff is, is just not going to be able to, uh, to happen. So here, here's the... This is from SC Scoops. They got it from a press release. Uh, it says New Japan Pro Wrestling is about to change now. Even if you do not want to change, it's coming to a stage you have to change. It's a story of moral rather than story of the content of the game. So I believe this is translated if anything sounds a little weird here. Uh, now it has become possible to see New Japan Pro Wrestling from all over the world are things that can be regarded as a problem uh if it is overseas for example setting up a middle finger or emanating a broadcast a prohibited word swear word by live broadcast is absolutely out of the rule on broadcasting and ethics from overseas even if it is not for a japanese customer so uh the idea that yeah swearing middle fingers that's that's
0: awkwardly worded that's that's straight from new japan
2: yeah that's that's a press release apparently that got uh this is from sc scoops i haven't seen it at any other place as well but uh SC Scoops has this of the uh, the press. So if it's bullshit,
0: we can blame them. Yeah, but
2: exactly.
0: It's awkwardly worded, so it seems to me like someone translated a New Japan. It could have been a yeah. It could have
2: been a uh, press release that came out, and somebody did a Google translate because there's like weird words that don't quite make sense. So,
0: okay. Now, what I'm curious about is we'll see very soon if this is one of those things that applies to the mid mid-carters and not the main eventers, because if Chris Jericho comes out on one of his video promos. Uh, swearing, then we'll see that yeah, it's just something. Face, yeah.
2: I mean, he was wearing a shirt that said "fuck face." You know what I mean? Like,
0: right. And we'll see if it's just. Listen, Tamatanga, you're not that important. Calm down. Take it easy. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it could just be something as simple as that, um, where they want to, you know, tone down these these younger guys who are out of control. Tamatanga has been out of control. He grabbed that guy by the neck. Now that didn't really go anywhere, at least that I've heard. But it's like. If that was like a a one of those deals where the guy was okay with it because it was just playful, okay. You know, I get it. But if he maliciously went into the crowd and grabbed that dude by the neck and that dude's not happy about it, uh, Tama Tonga should be fired.
2: Right. Or even if the guy is fine with it, like still, you can't – I don't want that the, line now, of – Here's the thing.
0: I yeah. agree. But if the guy's okay with it and it was playful because there were a lot of people laughing and smiling, I reprimand him for sure. I punish him even perhaps, but I don't think I fire. him.
2: Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying like, I I don't, it's not a slap on the wrist of all right, buddy, you know, just be careful next time I go. No, no, you look like this guy was cool with it, but never let it fucking happen again. Okay. Yeah. Or I'm (laughs) firing
0: you, you know, but if the guy wasn't cool with it, he needs to go. Now, nothing has happened. He's worked another show since I assume this is just going to get swept under the rug or forgotten about, or the guy was just being played. I, I don't know. But that's concerning. You can't be hopping the rail, grabbing people by the throat. You know, and and then the the littering thing, he's got to know better if he's ingrained in the culture that that was going to cause a stir. He's already gotten in trouble for selling bootleg Bullet Club shirts a few years ago. You know, the guy's a loose cannon. He, he seems to me like he's a loose cannon. So, and the thing is he's not important enough to get away with this stuff. He's just not Tamatanga could go away tomorrow, and it wouldn't matter, fucking, at all. And I feel bad for Tangaloa because he seems like a decent enough guy, and he just goes out there and does his job. And if Tamatanga loses his job, Tangaloa don't have a job either. No,
2: right. Then-
0: <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. But yeah, we, you know, we're getting, you know, direct from people in the office that this is this is but this is a problem. So. We'll see where it goes and if anything else comes of it before next week.
2: Yeah, it's been an easy way to kind of get heel heat for a while to be though, you know, the guy that attacks the crowd or fuck, says "fuck you" and does sort of stuff, and and Jay White stuff as well. You know, he's he's, you know, that's sort of been his thing now recently, is you know, getting guys into the guardrails and doing that sort of stuff. That's also, you know, you're opening your, yourself up to a lot of issues if you keep doing that and stuff. But like, just if you, yeah, it's playful or whatever to throw people in the guardrails, but man, if that guardrail flies back and hits somebody in the head and they get like Harold may doesn't want that shit, and I don't blame him. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to expand this thing, we're trying to grow this thing, and he's got to come at it from the standpoint. Of a CEO, and he's he's a corporate CEO guy. You know what I mean? Like, so he looks at this and he looks at liabilities and stuff, and and yeah, it sucks because some of the edge might be taken off, or some things that you you maybe enjoyed might be you know sort of toned down a little bit or taken away. But he's looking at the big picture here and going, look, if we want to become the company that I want us to become, that everybody wants us to become, some of this stuff that that was playful or whatever you know, let's, let's nip it in the bud now be, before it becomes a bigger issue, before we get some issue. And like, yeah, you said the, the guy like choking, like that could be, that's, that could be just a little issue that everybody laughs off or whatever, or it could be a gigantic thing. Like, you know, wrestler attacks fan could be a big fucking deal and you don't want that. So, or, you know, wrestler injures fan or whatever by Jay White throwing someone in a guardrail. So it's just a, a being mindful of that sort of stuff and and being aware of of what you say and what you do. And, and, and that, yeah, for, for better, for worse, that's what Harold May is going to do. And that's what he was brought in to do as well. So. All
0: right, so let's transition to Evolve.
2: Yes, and, uh, let's this going. This, this might, be a, this might be a short show. You've had a lot of audio, so we might not go all three here. But, uh, yeah, so I watched a, a little bit of sampling of the Evolve shows from this last week and Evolve 108 and 109. I did not watch the entire shows. I saw the big matches, so I can kind of tell you stuff that happened and stuff that you should watch. Uh, I'll tell you right now, one hundred eight. Um, good little show. There was a lot of stuff to enjoy in, in one way. I thought the Darby Allen Austin theory match was pretty good. Uh, air Fox, Joey Janela was pretty solid. The match. I think you do have to go out of your way and definitely have to see from this show. Those other ones. If you want, if you have time, I think they're worth checking out. I think you do have to watch Shane Strickland, Matt Riddle because it was a huge moment, not only for evolve, but it was a huge, a really good match as well, but it was an evolved title, hardcore war match. And, uh, Shane Strickland defeat Matt Riddle, uh, defeating Matt Riddle, uh, to win the Evolve title, uh, Really well done match. Like this is going to sound really weird when I say this, but trust me, like it would have been a lot better if Matt Riddle kicked out like four or five less times. Does that make sense? What I'm saying?
0: It does, but I disagree.
2: Okay, did you watch the match? I did. Okay. Oh, and you you think it was fine?
0: Yeah, because I thought. Um, now I see where you're coming from because it did start to.
2: It just got a little long in the tooth. It was like, all right, we get it. He's dead.
0: I, and that's what's. And that's the thing. I did think the match was a little too long. But I didn't have a problem with all the kickouts. and okay. Maybe this is just splitting hairs. Um, I didn't have a problem with all the kickouts because I think the story you're telling is Matt Riddle, arguably the greatest champion in Evolve history. He's in this blood feud with Shane Strickland. Strickland had to kill him to beat him and take his title. And I really don't have a problem with that. I like that. Um, so from that perspective, I didn't mind all the, all the kickouts. I thought they were well done. But yes, I did think the match was probably, it, you could argue it was 10 minutes too long.
2: Yeah, it I don't felt know like it was over wasn't. and then it kept going. I, I I don't have the time in front of me, but yeah, it felt like to me at least five, 10 minutes of just like, all right, <laughs> like, and yeah. I came in pretty unspoiled and I was like, all right, I know Shane's winning this match. Let's go. Like, I get it. I, he's beating up Riddle and he's doing the stuff, but after like the fifth foot stomp off the top, it's like, all right, we get it, man. Just like, let's go home here. Let's get it. So, but it's still, I thought it was a really fantastic match. And I think more than the match itself, uh, the story as well. And this is, this is, you know, we, we for better or for worse. We, we, we give Gabe some shit sometimes about, you know, the stuff he's been doing and, and sometimes of all feels lifeless at times, but man, when he hits a story that, that you can tell he's really invested in and does well, I thought Shane Strickland the story of of him feeling like he's been slighted by Evolve, you know, many many years ago I was in Evolve and you guys didn't want me and then I became a superstar and now you want me but now nobody likes me, you know, I'm kind of the the the, the you know the, the the black sheep here. Um you know I win the title and nobody comes out. I thought that was really cool too. I thought that was a really good visual. Yeah. Just a little a little nod. Like you know what I mean like something simple that almost if I was booking I would probably never think about but Gabe does think about of like hey, let's not have everybody come out cuz usually when a guy wins the Evolve title, everyone rushes out. And Shane Strickland nobody comes out. He says, "Hey, look, I thought everybody comes out. What you don't come out for me? What 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 is it? Is this something against me? Is it you know? Is it because I'm a superstar around the world and you guys didn't want me? Like, what is the reason? Like, so I love that. I thought he cut a good great, great promo as he's walking in the back. Some guys start filing out, and he kind of one by one puts them all down or whatnot, and sort of says, "Hey, look, I'm the king shit of this evolve thing right now. Now you all have to bow down to me and watch out for me." I thought that was really well done. I thought it was a good way to sort of. He comes from the Heyman's book. We know we know that Gabe comes from the Heyman style, and I thought this was great too. Riddle loses the title and immediately five minutes later you don't even remember that matt riddle ever wrestled for evolve you know like you don't even he is a non-factor completely in evolve like yeah he had his little moment he had his little send off and then it's all about shane strickland it's all about what's next it's all about the next guys the next challengers or whatnot and that is a perfect sort of paul Heyman thing raven would lose raven rolls out of the ring and then you forget that raven did fucking exists five minutes later and that's the best way to do it you know these guys they, a proper send off a good moment for riddle to kind of survive as you said but then it's all right on to the next one thank you riddle for your service Onto the next guy. There's not any popping and circumstance of and fireworks and everybody bowing down before him. It's onto the next story. What's our next thing? And I, I, I love that about Gabe and I love that about Paul Heyman when he did it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and the thing about Shane Strickland is I had questions of whether he could be an ace when I first started watching the MLW TV show. And he slowly won me over. So I have no concerns here that he's gonna do a great job as the top guy in Evolve, the top guy in the WWN universe, so to speak. And his performance in this match really just confirmed that and solidified it for me. He's a guy who I was never really in love with as an indie guy, but I think he's really coming to his own in about the over the last year. So I think the Shane Strickland era in Evolve um, has potential to be a good one. I see AR Fox rising back up. Um, you know, Ar Fox's uh, students are just out of their fucking minds. I could see some stars uh, emerging out of there.
2: (laughs) They definitely look like they got trained by Ar Fox because they have no regard for their bodies, which I would just love to see the training school where he's like, yeah, if you want to, you know, take a bump to the outside, just lay it on your fucking neck. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, like you could tell. Learn from Ar Fox because, like, one of these dudes, I forget if it was uh, this or no, it was during the Janela thing. I, I forgot which one it was. Took a bump to the outside, just like the it looked like you know, he looked like he killed himself just doing like a, a bump off the top rope or you know, just falling over the ropes. And I was like, Yep, Air Fox do it. Like, you know, because Airfox probably just like ah, whatever, man. Who cares? Just do it. Who cares? Like, just, you know. the
0: skulk is super fun, and there's gonna be some stars coming out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the thing about Evolve is they're in that period of transition again. Zach's gone. Riddle's gonna be gone. Uh, we've seen, you know, obviously Shane Strickland's getting the big push, AR Fox and, and his boys are moving up. Um, you know, Darby Allen obviously is a guy who, you know, is going to be in the top mix now moving forward. We don't know what's going to happen with Austin Theory that kind of bombed anyway. Um, and, and he may be moving on Janela, of course, in the mix. So it's a, it, we, we know that games promotions go through these transitions and you get, and they're right in the middle of that transition right now, but the match, you know, the title change, I thought it was great. I can't go any lower than four. I don't know if I'd go any higher, but I can't go any lower than four. It worked too hard. It was, um, it, it was, it was too good in my art. The only thing I have again, is was just a little too long, um, which is a bad thing for a match to be sometimes, but you know, it just yeah. felt a little too long. But, uh, but I thought Riddle was fantastic. Riddle came out like a house of fire, which is exactly how he should have in a match like this. If they would have gotten in a collar and elbow tie-up, it would have been all wrong. He came out and just fucking attacked him right at the bell uh, with those vicious uh, open-hand slaps and everything. And then it turned into... Th- this really felt like an NXT match, a big NXT match, um, where but they came... They walked right up to the line of being melodramatic but didn't quite cross it. That was the only difference.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's some brutal stuff in there. There's some brutal camera shots as well where, like, Matt Riddle's finger gets cut open and Shane Strickland just starts bending it back and doing yes. submissions and stuff. And like you said, they could have really teetered it. Like, if he, you know, because Ciampa would have, like, licked his finger, like, put his finger in his mouth and, like, wiped the blood all over his body and whatnot. And Strickland did a and little bit of that. a promo on him turned right. exactly. the mat. <laughs> right, right. And they teetered that line. They got very close. But more than not, it was all... It was all focused. Like Shane Strickland didn't want to, he wanted to beat the fuck out of this guy. He wanted to win the match. It wasn't more about like showing this guy up or whatever. Even though he was at times showing him up. And like you said, he to, he teetered that line. I thought they did a really good job of not going over that and being a little too melodramatic, like you said. Where, you the, know, the
0: double foot stomp through the table was an incredible spot, which could have went all kinds of wrong. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was a great spot, too, but I saw a, goal a
2: few weeks ago. He did, he did that to air Fox. Uh, Shane Trickle did it to air Fox yeah, at a W yeah. and fucking Air Fox's back was just ravaged because it was just like a normal table and it didn't break all the way. Right. And like, it just caught the fuck out of air Fox. But yeah, it's a, it's an incredible visual when it does. When it does so work. I
0: saw nothing on one Oh nine. Did you see anything off the one Oh nine? I did.
2: I saw the 109. I watched the final two matches. I saw Riddle versus Austin theory. I thought it was kind of interesting that Riddle won. Uh, that match yeah. i was kind of surprised by that but i guess it tells you maybe where theory is in the hierarchy of evolve right and now because
0: riddles work in the next set of shows so right so he's, he's not, not gone, gone jobs, yet
2: gone. yeah he's not gone quite yet and they still have to build up uh because we'll talk about the show that that's how was
0: theory was theory able to hang with him
2: uh yeah i it was a little underwhelming um I like Austin Theory, I like the character, but yeah, there's still just a little bit missing from him. And Riddle, of course, after, you know, busting his ass the night prior, was was kind of, I don't want to say, like, half-assing it, but definitely not in, like, full-on, you know, give my full effort type of... Yeah. That's not the right way to put it. It's just that he didn't... This match wasn't meant to be anything more than it was. Does that make sense? Sure. Like, he just had a hardcore war and gave 110%. I'm not going to say that he wasn't giving effort. Matt Riddle never doesn't give effort, but he knew that this match didn't need that. It didn't need 110% well, Matt Riddle in it. it
0: Interesting after taking that beating that he won. Yes. Not yeah, necessarily it was... that he's doing a job on the way out from that perspective, but after the war he was in, you'd think uh, Austin Theory, especially as a heel would get like a cheap win over a Matt Riddle over right. a weekend Matt Riddle, but that's not what it was. It was just a straight match.
2: Yeah. And Austin Theory won the night prior to a 108. So, um, He's right. been a bit, bit of a losing streak there for old Austin Theory. That's weird. that's weird. Yeah, and then the main event was really, really good, almost as good as as one hundred eight. I liked one hundred eight a little bit better. I saw Alan Cunahan said that he liked one hundred nine uh, a lot more. I think you can go either way with that. Uh, Joey Janela defending his title against Darby Allen, and this is like can the we thing get rid Joey of one Janela. of these
0: fucking titles already? <laughs> I mean, <please. laughs> I
2: know, I know, I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. But um, no, really, really good stuff here. Janela is going like that's the thing that he's. Yeah. A, Everyone's over. He's he's super over. People love the character, love everything about it. In Evolve, and and all the credit to him is he's busting his ass. He knows that he's in this environment and he's working different than Joey Janela. I saw Joey Janela Game Changer Wrestling and this is not the same one. You know what I mean? You see Joey Janela on a produce show and he's fucking around and doing whatever. This is not that. When he goes to Evolve and he knows that this is This is what it is. This is sort of the style, the house style, and all the credit to him. He's delivering. And this was another match where he delivered. Darby Allen is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world right now and just busts his ass to make uh, Janelle look like a million bucks in this. And it's a really good back and forth. Hope spots for Darby Allen, who just desperately wants to win the title. Janelle eventually beats him, beats him somewhat definitively. It wasn't like a banana. It it wasn't like Darby Allen. It it never felt like Darby was ever going to win it. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. want Darby to win. You you think that these moments might be Darby Allen getting momentum, but he never quite does, and Janela just kind of puts him away. It's one of those definitive wins where you feel good. Darby looks better in losing, but you feel like Janela looked like a million bucks in winning. It's one of those perfect ones where, where like, Janela lost nothing in this match, even though he gave some spots up to Allen, and Allen never felt like he was a, a threat to win, but still, it was like, oh, man, okay, that was good. So, no, that really, really good match there. So, I really can recommend both the main events. Uh, and then maybe both of the semi-main events as well. If if, if but they're fun shows overall of, of what I saw. But I haven't seen all of 109, so I can't say from top to bottom. I did not watch the Chris Dickinson Tracy Williams No Hold bards match, so I can't uh, can't speak on that unfortunately. But uh, yeah, main events were, were were very good.
0: Well, you know, Janela worked his final ever death match against David Starr in Beyond, and I did watch that. Um, and you know, it was a. It
2: did was he say crazy. it was his final ever? It's it's done. He's done.
0: That was the that was the selling point of the match. That's his final ever death match.
2: Well, so, good, good thing wrestlers are, are know, always of their word, so we never have to worry about I don't about know about if that. they
0: meant just it Beyond, or... I'll <laughs> right. be completely honest with you. I don't pay enough attention to Beyond Wrestling. Maybe it was just a Beyond stipulation. I don't know if he means it in terms of for the rest of his career, um, but you know, that was the main event for American yeah. Rana
2: right. uh, and, last and, week. know, it I mean,
0: was fine. It was, it was okay. Um, you know, it, it, I know we're a deathmatch show now, but was it anything like that Takeda match that we saw? No. No, God. it. Um, no. But it was all right. But yeah.
2: Have you, have yeah. you ever had a chance to watch that uh, sequel play Janela match that I was live for? I haven't. You should, really. That was, and when it was over, I was like, that match rocks. Joey Janela does not need to do that. And that's the thing with Janela, and maybe he's smart enough to realize that he can go out and just gyrate and point at his dick and do like basic stuff and get over it just as much as he could lighting his foot on fire and you know throwing attacks or whatever which is good for him i love when guys can get to that point but what's cool is that when he's in evolve he's realizing he can't point at his dick and 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 gyrate and do stuff he has to wrestle and that and that's what i didn't i didn't know if he had it in him you know what i mean i was worried about when he went to evolve that he would not be able to 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 go with some of the top guys there and he absolutely can't
0: for sure i openly question his ability to work the evolve style and i want him to prove me wrong and it sounds like he's look the, the evolved stuff I've seen him do. I, I was yeah. pleasantly surprised. So, and you know, when it comes to charisma and star power, he's there already. He's a top oh yeah he's
2: exploding. Yeah. He's, he's got it all. I mean, yeah, that, that he comes out for, I believe one Oh eight. So that's in Philadelphia, of course. So it's, it's kind of his home base, but he is the most over guy in the entire show. I mean that the first chord of his music hits and the crowd just fucking goes nuts and they're chanting bad boy, bad boy the entire time. Like it's, it's, Dude's fucking over, man. I, it's 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 definitely unique, and I would have never thought three years ago that Joey Janelle would be at this. You know, two years ago, never that hey, Joey Janela would be this.
0: You admittedly were not very high on him at all, <laughs> right? And, and, and it's it, and I would always tell you, hey, look, you know, give him a chance. You know, yeah. he's you know, and you just weren't getting it. But this is a good example of you can't dig your heels in. Yeah, because people do improve, people do do different. You know, it, it's it's you can't ever dig your heels in. Sometimes you got to turn the corner. You can't be stubborn, especially with what we do on a week-in, week-out
2: basis. Yeah, that was a particularly bad moment, too, because I uh, I talked shit about because he was in like the opener of an AEW, and I was like, ah, Joe Jones sucks. <laughs> and then I'm walking around later, and I don't know how he knew who I was or he had any idea, but he heard me talk, and he said – uh, are you? Uh, you're on that voice of the wrestling podcast, right? I was like, Oh, god,
0: like, oh, just, shit. you got called out in person
2: with his, you know, his beautiful wife or his beautiful girlfriend. And I'm like, Oh, no, and I'm with Michelle too. And I'm like, Oh, geez, hopefully, she'll be able to like deflect and he's not gonna like, and he Could was like. Be- you're gonna be in
0: an IG tag team, <laughs> right? Exactly.
2: It's like I'm like, oh boy, I just talked mad shit about you, and I know he's Mister Twitter at that time too, and he was definitely a, like a vanity searcher at that time too, so he knew. He
0: follows us straight up. <laughs> That's
2: what I mean. So this like
0: the shit that you're talking, right? So
2: he was just like. He's like, yeah, big fan of your site. And I was like, what did we respond with? Because I couldn't say, yeah, big fan of your work. Because I just talked shit about you. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. I was like, yeah. and then something about that. He's like, yeah, one of you guys really don't like me, right? And I was, like, I forget if I threw you under the bus or I was oh, like, oh, you ah, son you of know, a bitch. I may have thrown you under the bus. I was like, oh, that was Joe. I mean, he doesn't lie. I'm a fan. Or I may have thrown you under the bus. In that I moment, I know people
0: he know. I'm like one degree of separation. <laughs> right, I, I think I threw you under the bus. I know half like, his friends. Oh, no, no, no,
2: no. Here's what I said. I didn't say that you were the one. He said, oh, I like you guys. And I said, I said, hey, do you know Joe Lanza? He's my co-host or whatever. You might know him personally because you have like buddies or whatever. And I think I threw a, a big deal Craig Steele reference there. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. So I deflected quickly away from let's not yeah. mention that I talked shit about you 10 minutes ago. Let's deflect onto something about New Jersey. Let's talk about New Jersey. Or right, something. Right, right, so, right. so I did throw you under the bus, but I immediately name dropped you and everybody that I know that you knew. Or anybody that even maybe you would know in the Jersey scene that he would know as well. So right. I feel like I definitely named out the big deal Craig Steele like immediately. Up, high. I was like, yeah, hey, yeah, you know him, right? Like, yeah. Who else did I mention? Should have
0: gotten you in trouble too because that, you know <laughs> right. at that time he had heat with that whole Pat Buck. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, and I was like, I just and that's
0: it. a loyal Pat Buck soldier, and right. and they had massive heat. I think they've put it. I think they've put that to bed. Okay. Recently, I think that he worked a Pat Buck show not too long ago. I think he
2: did say that Pat Buck hated us, and he just kind of laughed or whatever at time. Oh yeah, well yeah, because he was yeah, he and I think we bonded him. over. He was like, ah yeah, uh, he's a he's a weirdo or something like that. And I was like, all right, cool. Right, right, <laughs> Let's right, talk more right, about right. Pat Buck. Pat Buck sucks, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I
0: mean, you know, and, and uh, but I, I do think that that's all water under the bridge now. Okay, but good, the, good, you're good, lucky at didn't get
2: you into more trouble. Like, <laughs> you know, I, like was, you know, I was, I those was, I, I wanted to be anywhere else. My and you know, Michelle's like, Well, right. that's cool. You like talked to you and knew about shooting. I was like, Yeah, I talked bad about him like 10 minutes ago. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And they're like, You
0: throw me under the bus. I would defend them on a weekly basis. No, <laughs> I
2: know, I know. I
0: know. <laughs> this is terrible. I'm gonna get you back for that. I, I don't know how. But yeah. but
2: I'm I'm gonna get you back for that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so that that was the evolve uh, last weekend. Uh, they're right back at it this weekend, and I I will be at evolve 110. I've moved around some plans. I was initially was not going to go, but I moved around some plans. So I will be there. Uh, firm handshakes in hand, hot takes in hand, uh, ready uh, August 11th of course, 4 p.m. This show. So this one's early because progress is running the same building later that night. Now, I should mention, which will be an interesting little wrinkle, that it is going to be about 85 degrees in Chicago this weekend. Uh, The stadium that they're running, the Cicero Stadium, which is not in the greatest neighborhood, so if you're going, just be aware of that. Uh, I don't believe it has air conditioning, so this could be fun. (laughs) This could be heat gate 2. This could be heat gate 2. I know the place has no air conditioning, and it's looking like it's going to be a hot you know, Chicago summer day, so... We'll see. And they're running at 4 p.m. It's not like they have the benefit of running at night when a little breeze is going to come. Like, they're running in the heart of the day, and sunlight pierces through that place, too. So, eh, we'll see. I, uh, People will literally be dying. Yes, it could be, uh, could be a distinct possibility here. But uh, anyway, uh, Evolve 110, so I'll just kind of quickly go over the show. I'm kind of looking forward to going to the show. I always I kind of wanted to go, but I didn't really want to waste the summer day on it. But, you know, some things worked out, so I was like, ah, screw it. I'll waste a summer day on it. Uh, Matt Riddle, Darby Allen is your main event number one. You have two main events, Joe. Okay, one. so
0: so does Darby Allen win this one?
2: I think he has to, right?
0: He has to, right? I mean yeah, would I,
2: I would sense. imagine. Uh main event number two, a dream partner tag match. <laughs> 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 hey, <laughs> come on, game. event number two, dream partner tag match. Joy Janela versus Saif Al-Sabad, who, of course, that's a dream. Him and Joey Janela teaming up together uh, versus St. Strickland and Austin Theory, another dream tag team. Okay,
0: right? whose so, dream partners are Saif <laughs> al Sabah and Austin Theory?
2: Maybe their dreams are to team with Joey Janela and St. Strickland.
0: This is just... Gabe just, <laughs> Gabe just has to call every match something. We know this.
2: <laughs> dream partners.
0: You know, it, everything has to have a name. It's like a Japanese card where everything right. has to have a sub name. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. No one dreams of teaming with Austin Theory. <laughs> right. Nobody. Austin Theory's mom doesn't dream of teaming with Austin. Nobody dreams of teaming with Austin Theory.
2: You had a grudge match, Jaka versus Tracy Williams. A special challenge match. This one looks pretty good. Which in game
0: world means just here's a match. <laughs> right, a match. It's always a special challenge. That's that. That's the lowest you can go on the game scale. No, no. There's, there's special, special challenge, challenge
2: and there's special attraction. Oh, you're right. I think you're special right. attraction actually is less than special. Which one's challenge.
0: lower? The special attraction? I think
2: the attraction is, is lower. We'll get to that one here in a sec. But so special does
0: it challenge. Go, oh, go does ahead. it go special attraction, special challenge, grudge? Is that the order? Yes,
2: grudge is above special challenge for sure.
0: Because Grudge has some
2: history behind it. Right. And then above Grudge is Dream Match. You know, that's like... You know, ah, yes. <laughs> Sawa versus someone is a Dream <laughs> Match. Like, <laughs> like, look, I like Minanori Sawa. I don't know if I really <laughs> dreamed about him versus anybody. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I love Gabe. Gabe's the best. Uh, so you got a special challenge match, Walter versus JD Drake. Your special attraction match. So I get to see Walter live. That's a first. I'm pretty excited about that special attraction match. DJZ versus Era Fox. That's why I say that. That's because it's not. I mean, they, I just saw them fight each other like two weeks ago. It's not a special attraction at all. It's just a match. But did you? But did you get to see the skull? I did not. So you're right. You know, Leo was the not skull. there either. Yeah, and Leo was there never there.
0: seen Walter live. That's be never awesome. seen Walter
2: live. Yeah, I cannot wait. So that that sounds really awesome. Uh, you got a freelance. You got a, uh, uh, Isaiah Velasquez defending the freelance world title against Matt Nix. You got a triple threat match: John Davis versus Josh Briggs versus Anthony Henry, and then a six man challenge uh, match or six man tag match. So, uh, oh, sorry, it's a six man tag team challenge. The challenge, the Skull. Hey, convers- Rich, it can't
0: just be a match. <laughs> yeah, right, you know I'm the- sorry. I'm
2: sorry. The challenge: Dickinson, Dominic Garini, and Stokely Hathaway versus the Skulk. So that's uh, Stokely
0: getting in the ring. Yeah,
2: that's good. I hope he's wearing like you know full on you know tights and stuff. I really hope he's not in just a suit. It would be it would be the same.
0: No, he's gonna wear. I he's gonna wear his gear. He wears his, his proper gear when he gets in the ring. But uh, I want to see how Dominic Garini mixes it up with the Skulk boys.
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that should be pretty. Yeah.
0: Good.
2: yeah. Pretty fun. So then you got evolve one eleven. I'm not going to Michigan to see that. I'm not driving <laughs> three hours to go to that. But uh, what's on there? You have a, a WWE Championship Triple Threat match. You got Joey Janela defending the title against Austin Theory and Ar Fox. That's your main event. You got Tracy Williams' career versus Stokely Hathaway's career in an I Quit handicap match. Tracy Williams versus Chris Dickinson and Stokely Hathaway. Hopefully, hey, it's what's Tracy Williams happening here? Today. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. I hope Tracy Williams loses <laughs> 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 because I really don't want to see Stokely go away. But, yeah, uh, but what
0: about the idea that that Stokely could be going to NXT?
2: Yeah, good for him if so. Good for him, but uh, hope but not because like
0: manage. Him. I mean, you know, I, I is that a possibility or
2: for sure? Yeah, because Tracy... I don't know what Tracy would be doing other than like sometimes Gabe just stops using guys. You know what I mean? Like it's just like that's hey.
0: true. That's the other end of it. You know, maybe Tracy Williams' time is just up. I mean, he is from like two eras ago. Um, you know, and he feels so, very out of
2: place like, in today's Evolve, he does.
0: Right it, he feels like fucking, like, A.R. Fox felt when the Tracy Williams era Yeah, came right. In. When
2: you got, like, A.R. Yeah, Fox, Fox doing flips Fox and all back. these guys are grapple-fucking and it's like A.R. Fox is just like... Yeah,
0: hey, he uh. does. He feels... Especially when Riddle leaves, too, he's like, he's totally out of place at this yeah. point.
2: I got an Evolve 100 rematch. Of course. Who could forget this rematch?
0: I'll never forget the first time
2: that Matt Riddle and J.D. Drake mixed up. Right. Well, you get the rematch, Joe. Evolve 100 rematch. Matt Riddle versus J.D. Drake. We love you, Gabe. Uh Non-title bonus main event. <laughs>
0: Everything has to have a fucking
2: name. Untitled uh, bonus main event: uh, Shane Strickland versus TJZ. Your bonus main event bonus. listed third from the bottom, but your bonus main event. This is like when can uh, I do
0: the next
2: two, please? But yes, but I want to say this is like when uh, okay. when when uh, Demon Kiss was in WCW and they had a, like yeah. he had X amount of main events, so it'd be like the opening match of Nitro. <laughs> like this is our main event. It's Glacier versus you know Demon or whatever. Like bonus main event <laughs> never And then of games. course, never change.
0: The, the we save the best for last. Special challenge match number one and special challenge match number two. Okay, they've got two special challenge matches on this one. Now, why didn't he just go with like he did? Why isn't one of them a special attraction match in this <laughs> scenario?
2: Why it's is it two reason. special I'm gonna, You know what? Match. If I see Gabe at one time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I want win, you to ask him, that. and I want like a very awkward rushed answer, but I'm gonna ask him. I know he's going to have a yes. thousand other things to do. And the last thing in the world he's going to want to do is talk to me, but I'm going to ask yes. him the difference between a special challenge and a special attraction. He probably won't get the joke and he'll probably get mad at me, but if he doesn't, it'll be pretty good or he'll give me an actual answer and then he'll walk away and still be mad at me, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to ask him.
0: So here's your special challenges. Walter versus Anthony Henry, which could be awesome. Walter yeah, does very well. Against these men. And then uh, Jaka versus Saib El Sabah. So listen, Saif El Sabah, he's, he's a fucking dream partner. He's, he's getting <laughs> yeah, yeah. pulled out in special challenges. I mean, this guy is just, uh, you know, all over the but he, he, he must feel very
2: special. I forgot to mention at 109, they had a pretty fun angle where he was supposed to face Shane Strickland. Shane Strickland just came out and said, Who the fuck are you? I'm not facing you. <laughs> and then Air Fox had to face him. So Air Fox had to do double duty because Air Fox doesn't care. Like, he just came out yeah. and was like, Yeah, I'll, I'll fight. I'll have two matches. I don't care. But Shane Strickland was like, Nah, you're not on my level. What you don't Saif? deserve a title shot. Yeah, Saif, he, he was supposed to face Saif because that was just the match before yeah. he won the title. And he can't, He said, ah, I'm the champion now. I don't I don't fight you. You don't deserve a what, title shot.
0: What Saif should have said was, I'll tell you who I am. I am the man that Joey Janela has dreamed about teaming. <laughs> right?
2: In one week, I'm going to be a dream tag since, team partner. So. he
0: has become a pro, he has dreamed of teaming with me. That's who I am, pal. And then maybe Shane Strickland would have, uh, you know, accepted
2: his, his special yeah, asked, challenge. asked yeah, it I would have said, you know what, yes, you deserve a special challenge. Maybe not for the title, but we can make it a special challenge match. Indeed. But uh, one show that I am not going to, or maybe on the fence, we'll see Progress also coming to Chicago on the 11th. They're running the uh, nightcap of the Evolve. Uh, we'll see if I'll go. Uh, Joe, the card was super easy to find. All I had to do was go to Progress Wrestling dot my Shopify dot com slash blogs slash news slash latest dot dash coast to coast dash matches and then I had to go to the second page and there it was right there for me oh, that's so, all you had
0: to do to find the show huh?
2: exactly I had to go to their blog on their Shopify and scroll down to the second page and there it was as plain now as listen to so,
0: they could have made this difficult and put the card on I don't know their website but no they made this nice and easy you had to dig deep into the dark web to find this card. But, right. uh, or I could have gone through
2: like five weeks of Twitter pictures to find it because they, they had tweeted out pictures of them. But yeah, it was not available anywhere yes. easily. But of course, well, you that's, know, hold you on.
0: On. they didn't tweet out their pictures until I complained about it. And <laughs> You can't tell me that was a coincidence. I complained. and said, I can't find a fucking progress card. Okay. They follow us on Twitter. 30 minutes later, oh, we've got all of our cards right here in handy. Yeah. One play. Well, you I don't know. know. They still didn't make them easy to got find really
2: yeah, they still didn't make it that easy to find, but you're right. They they did uh, it seemed possible to find. It seemed very con- definitely consequence or uh, uh, it seemed to be too much of a coincidence. that They would put that up uh, immediately after your 30 minutes.
0: Obviously. Now, Rich, you're not going. Is it because you can't help but be a dick? <laughs> right? I don't know. Um, Is that why you're not going? Yeah. Did you did you, are you like, wait a minute? Now, hold on now. Don't be a dick. I don't know if I could adhere to that.
2: I am Richard. So, if after all, I am rich. Cra- I mean, I am literally a dick at all times. So literally I a dick. Yeah. You
0: cannot not be a dick. So is that why you're not going to progress? Because be. I would think you'd be all
2: over going to a progress. Yeah, no, I want to. I want to go, but it's some. St- we'll see how the night goes. I might just hang around because it's the same stadium. Depending on how the night goes, I might hang around. Depending if I'm not sweating bullets and really want to get out of there, I will see how it goes. The card doesn't jump off the page at me, and I think that might be one of the reasons why. Um, and I haven't heard a lot of buzz either. Like a lot of the people that I know that are going to evolve are not hanging around for progress. So it'll be interesting to see what the crowd is like. And I think one of the issues too, and I, I saw that with some some of the, uh, the rest of weekend shows that progress had, it just seems progress without the atmosphere doesn't feel quite right. But then I look and it's like, yeah, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn are going to be there. And Walter's going to like, I kind of probably should go to this. So I'm planning on hopefully getting there to to, to to check it out. We'll see how it goes, how the night goes. I mean, I'm hundred percent going to evolve. If I hang around for progress, we'll, we'll see. I, 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 I want to, go. but I, I think I probably will.
0: If you don't go, you have to go WrestleMania weekend.
2: Yes, no, I will for sure. I'll, I'll do that. You gotta
0: go to a progress show at some yeah. point. I mean, you have to.
2: I want to go. To, I, I mentioned it on the QA. I mean, one of the places that I would love to go is an actual le- le- legit progress in the electric ballroom yes. or whatever, because that that's just a fucking party, man. You know what I like? The two promotions that I mentioned that I wanted to go, I wanted to go to a Bola one time and I want to go to a Progress, mostly because I can walk in and just basically not be a critic. I just want to go in there and scream yes. and drink beer and laugh and have fun and do all sort of stuff. Like Bola, I just want to sweat my ass off and drink a pitcher of beer while, you know, Phoenix flies into me or whatever. That's fine. Like that's what I want. And then when I want to go to Progress just to join in chants and just drink beer and watch, you know, Madness, where I think it maybe a little bit of that is lost when they're like working some you know 1920s era boxing arena in a shitty part of the you know the south side of Chicago. You, you know, like it might lose right. a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, you're not going to get the authentic feel entirely. I can tell you that just from going to some progress shows in the U.S. It's close. I mean, it, you're never going to get that 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 that, of, that feel that you're talking about, but they do do a good enough job. I mean, you're going to get the smallman banter before the show starts and. Um, you know, and, and you're going to get, uh, you know, the, the way that they do. They, so they, it comes close. I will say that if you don't go to this one, you, you, I do think you should go wrestle. You should go to as many different promotions as you can. Yeah. For you sure. know? So, uh, but, uh, we'll see. I, I, I hope you go. I'd, I'd like to, uh, I'd like you to go in and talk, talk about it, but we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, so the card uh real quickly here, uh the uh will start from the bottom. Trent seven, Brody King, Elliot Sexton, and Matt Riddle. That is a uh people left on the card side of match there. But uh not bad though. I mean there's Brody King kinda stinks, but everybody else in there is pretty solid. Uh, Dar- Brody King, huh? Nah, yeah, I think Brody King sucks, but I think he's okay. uh He's very representative of, of where the indie scene, the American indie scene is right now, where Brody King is a guy that's pushed in like every promotion that he's in. So.
0: I hope you go to the show and he comes up to you and goes, You're from that voice of wrestling site,
2: aren't you? <laughs> right, right, like Kyle the Beast. I had to be nice to Kyle the Beast because he. Oh, you really? Yeah. No, he didn't know. I He didn't know. I, I just. Oh, he didn't know. know. Okay, no, I actually I enjoyed his I actually enjoyed his No, that's no, good. I don't think he knew. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was kind of curious about Jimmy Lloyd. Jimmy Lloyd was staring at me a lot, but then I just realized Jimmy Lloyd probably just stares at people. But I was Jimmy Lloyd
0: might throw one of them worked punches at you after the shit. Right, like, right.
2: To, And then I was kind of huh? and that was you know, one of the things that I was thinking about, not to be like, uh, you know, toot my own horn or whatever, but I was like, if Jimmy Lloyd just started like, throwing down, like, I there's a like a 95% chance I could kick Jimmy Lloyd's ass, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Brody King is gonna maul you. No, know, Brody King but... will fucking kill me. Kyle the Beast will destroy me. Jimmy Lloyd, yes. I, I think I could beat Jimmy Lloyd in a fight. I agree. And I don't, I'm, I've really never been in a fight, but I, I could be Jimmy Lloyd in a fight, for sure. I, I think you can, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Darby Allen, Jack Sexsmith, and Tony Storm versus the grizzled veterans, Zach Gibson, James Drake, and Ginny. So. Well, you
0: get a, you get a profanity-laced, um, you know, grizzled young veterans promo, yeah. if you go.
2: And I'm a big uh, Tony Storm fan, so that'll be a fun. I like Ginny, yeah. too. Ginny's, Ginny's sweet. Uh, Ginny's awesome, as Have well. Have you
0: I seen guess. Tony Storm live?
2: I have not seen Jimmy uh, Tommy Storm live, so
0: star aura, my friend. Oh yeah, no, that, star be... aura. They'll
2: be tired. They'll, be tired. they'll be tired from the May Young Classic. They'll, they'll be half assing in it. So that's... <laughs>
0: uh,
2: depending how Jack Sexsmith
0: live must be an experience too.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. But that I've never I'm seen. You, I'm telling you, this venue kind of stinks. Like, it's not going to be fun. Like, it, it. I'll show you what this venue looks like, and you'll see why. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll make the most of it. I have no idea. Uh, Eddie Dennis's Pick Your Poison Choice match here Mark Andrews versus Jimmy Havoc. Uh, Tyler Bate versus TK Cooper. That's a match that definitely stands out. I put a star on that one, of like, all right, cool. I do want to check that one out. Uh, Pete Dunn versus uh, Flash Morgan Webster. I kind of think Flash Morgan Webster stinks, so I'm kind of annoyed by that because I love Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn's one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. And, ah, uh, I mean, that's like one of the worst guys to put him against. I know you you kind of turned the corner a little bit on, on Flash Morgan. I'm still I think he
0: There's things progress. there's things I like about him and there's things I don't like about him. And those things I don't like about him are probably why you think he stinks.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think him against Pete Dunn and, and Pete Dunn's prone to sometimes in progress, you know, kind of joke around and have some fun. I hope that he's just a fucking killer in this, and, and I hope he is, but I I I'm kinda of a little bit worried. But we'll see if if I do check that out. Uh, you got the CCK versus Flamita and Bandito. This one sounds pretty awesome, actually. Even if you're not you a big know, CCK guy, you got Flamita and Bandito. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, I, I buried CCK relentlessly, and I had my own awkward um, encounter in New Orleans. I'm standing there with, with uh, the four L's, and, uh, and and Chris Brooks comes. <laughs> so I, and Alan was very uncomfortable, uh, because he knew that I had buried CCK relentlessly. Um over the last couple of years on the show. And, uh, but he didn't want to be rude. So he goes after introducing me to other people as Joe Lanza from voices of wrestling, he <laughs> introduces me to Chris Brooks as this is my friend, Joe.
2: <laughs> yes. Good, good <laughs> boy. Good boy. Alan. That was a smart guy. Uh, yeah. Smart I gave cat. him the yeah.
0: hearty handshake and he was friendly enough. And, uh, but, but the thing about it is he's not the one I bury the hardest, you know? So it's like, I, I think he's fine, you know? Uh, but, but he's the Alan takes
2: it the hardest. He's the one that takes the hardest, but he's not the one you bury the hardest.
0: Alan was sweating. He did not <laughs> add a handle. With. And uh, he's like, This is my friend Joe. That's so, good. That's uh, a yeah, great
2: that way was... to do it. Because I, I was going to say, if, even if you say Joe Lanza, that might tick it. But yeah, my friend, throwing up the my friend was a great. Because yes. if you said, This is Joe, you know what I mean? Like, you'd be like, Hey, Joe, you know, where are you from? Or like, but my friend Joe is already immediate. So good, good job on Alan for that one. To definitely,
0: yeah. I, I, listen, I was prepared to be a man, and face the medicine. I stood there, and I was waiting for it, you know? And I was going like, say, hey, look, you know, and, and just deal with it. But Allen was, uh, he, he, he snuffed out that fire before it began.
2: Uh, and then your main event world title, you got Eddie Dennis uh, versus Walter, world title match. This is a Mark Andrews pick your poison choice as well. So uh...
0: We should note that Kid Lycos is injured again. Yes, and, yes. And uh, Gresham is going to replace him in on every step of the tour uh, for CCK. Which, uh, nothing for nothing. I hear Kid Lycos is a nice fella, but I'd say that's an upgrade.
2: <laughs> yeah. What's also interesting, too, is that uh, Gresham immediately becomes the heaviest member of the CCK. Which is, you know, just like, <laughs> even though he's only 4'8", he immediately becomes the uh, 4'8", what, 148 pounds or whatever? And he's already the heaviest <laughs> So congratulations, Jonathan Gresham, for being the first time ever you can be the biggest guy in a, in a group. Look,
0: now you're burying Brooks. I no, I would never. Look, here's the thing. He could stand to eat a couple cheesesteaks, okay? I think <laughs> right. everybody realizes
2: a that. A protein shake or two wouldn't, wouldn't hurt.
0: He's got some long fucking limbs, and, and you can see him coming from a mile away. And he's really he's, – he's not that bad. Look, I don't think he's no, a no, fucking he's super worker.
2: No, it's like a gimmick, though. You got to kind of –
0: But he's it. pretty good. But, yeah, he is a thin boy. There's no question about it.
2: All right, so that's progress on the 11th. I forgot to get the progress show the next day because it was too hard to find it. I don't care because I'm not going to it or I don't have potential to go for it. But they're also running uh, in Michigan the next day. But anyway... I think that's it for us today. We are up against that's the it. clock here, so uh, of course, go to wrestling.com. We'll have previews, reviews of everything going on during the G1 uh, this entire weekend. You'll have the uh, Patreon stuff, as we said, the block shows. You'll have those up on Patreon.com/slash wrestling. and then we'll do the, uh, the of course, the big uh, G1 final review. We'll do that on the flagship next week. Uh, but of course, VoicesOfWrestling.com. We're going to have all the reviews on there. Should have some really good stuff this weekend. Uh, next week, we'll have previews of all the stuff going on next weekend with uh, SummerSlam and NXT Takeover and all that other good stuff. Uh, on Twitter at Voice is wrestling and of course the uh, voice wrestling forums great discussions always going on there uh voicewrestling.com slash forums is where you're gonna want to do that and for Joe Lanza I'm Rich Gratch and we'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Podcast. Take care.